similarly to last episode, I am just recording this to let you guys know that this episode was recorded before the news about the environment in the Lost Writers Room broke. Um, I am recording this disclaimer the day that this news is breaking. Um, this, of course, is coming out a whole month after that, so who knows what else has come out. Um, but please know that this episode was recorded before then. If you guys are interested in hearing our thoughts and feelings about it, we put out a small episode. It should be the last thing before this episode that just came out, um, and uh, hopefully it will answer some of your questions. But uh, either way, enjoy the episode. And so he goes, what's the cause? He like fully is like, I'm going to move right past that. Was hoping that you would just grab my hand and hold it, I guess. I'm like, what was the, what was the hope? I don't know. So gross. Well, talking about dying mothers, like, yeah, <laughs> let's have a romantic moment. <laughs> exactly. He's like, are you picking up on the romantic tension between us right now? <laughs> She's like, I am not. <laughs> She's like, I'm actually in extreme emotional distress because people keep dying. <laughs> yeah. Hello and welcome to Our Lost Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 28-year-old actor and artist. I like rooting anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I remember way too many details that no one else cares about. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere, and our fun fact for this episode is, what is your ideal picnic? Since Julia and Goodwin have a little picnic this episode, mm -hmm. um, I would say that my ideal picnic is inside. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, if it has to be outside, it needs to be like on a picnic table and like with a tablecloth. Cause you know how you like sometimes are like, let's have a picnic. And then you get to the picnic table and it's all sticky. Oh, sure. Yeah. I'm not trying to live that life. That's so fair. So you think you, so you much. Prioritize yeah. comfort. I was talking to my mom about this because clearly it was like, you know, a huge deal to me. Yeah. And she was like, what if you had a picnic in an arboretum? And I said, that was, that's goals. That sounds lovely. Um, or in like a little greenhouse or something. That's so, that's so cute. Contained nature. Okay. Okay. I was going to ask a dumb question, which was what's an arboretum? But uh -huh. I think from context, it's like a greenhouse. It's kind of like a greenhouse, but like big, very big. Oh, I see. Yeah. But it's like inside, kind of. That's nice. Inside, kind of. It's like its own little ecosystem, I think. Like enough control. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, I'm just like not interested. Like the sun doesn't bother me. It's the bugs that I'm not interested in. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. Honestly, fair. As for food at my picnic, um, I definitely want to have like fruit and iced tea. Oh, yum. And my mom was like, because you guys know I had the whole conversation about this with my mom. Mm -hmm. um, she was like, what is going to be like your main dish? And I was like, I don't know. You know, I feel like oh, picnics don't. McDonald's. Oh, nice. I feel like picnics yeah. don't need a main dish. Yeah. yeah. Like it's it, kind of vibes. Yeah. 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 It can be it can be sides, apps. Uh -huh. Yeah. You know, you guys get it. Yeah. I just feel like the best picnic is like, I have a picnic basket, but I just put the takeout bag that I got from McDonald's in the picnic, <laughs> yeah, picnic basket and I prepare it, you know? <laughs> I just feel like that's like smarter for everybody, but honestly, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> that's great. <clears throat> and my name is Casey Wall. I'm a 26 year old writer from Rhode Island. I like sapphic ships and collecting plants. You can follow me on Twitter at Casey Watches TV or at LF Candle Co. where I make pop culture inspired candles. And my ideal picnic, I just went on a picnic last weekend with two of my mm -hmm. best friends. Yeah. We live by the ocean, which is great. So no we went on a picnic to this cute little park that's like right on the ocean. So you got the waves, you got the grass. Um, we went mm -hmm. at sunset, so it was all pretty, and we picked up food. 
Oh, Daly wants to join my picnic. Daly, shut up. Oh, we did have a dog at the picnic, so maybe that's why he uh-huh. wants to join. Might be that. And it was great. Chill vibes, pre-prepared food. So, like, no cooking. I'm not trying to wait for anything, like, on the grill. Yeah. Like, none of that. I don't have those type of skills anyway. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely not. So, yeah. Get the food. Bring the food. And, yeah, at sunset is my ideal time. Preferably a bottle of wine or something. And mm-hmm. just good vibes. Music. I love that. Yeah. That's the vibe. That sounds lovely. That's the vibe. Great. Mm-hmm. And this episode, our guest is Dari! Hi! Hi, um, I'm Dari. I'm 27 years old and I'm from New York City. Ooh. Yeah, my ideal picnic would probably be at a park with, like you said, like a blanket and stuff because mm-hmm. bugs, but definitely yeah. finger foods, like charcuterie mm-hmm. vibes. Mm-hmm. Oh, you yes. Know? You know, chips. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's not a picnic if you cook something. Maybe that's it's not. Like, you have to bring something, like not cook it there. Right, which is why I'm going to McDonald's and they're cooking it for me. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And the picnic, it gives it the DIY vibe, the basket, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, You get it. Yeah. So this is your first episode with us. So why don't you talk a little bit about like your relationship with the show and maybe some of your favorite characters? Sure. So I actually started watching the show because of you guys, because I listened to your- Oh my God. Yeah. Because I've always been a listener. Oh, I'm changing the world. Of the, um, like, the 100 podcasts and the Riverdale uh-huh. pod. And then you started this one. And I was like, well, I want to watch. I want to listen. Uh, so I did. That brings me such joy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I did. Um, I watched it, like, in 2019, I think it was. And I've watched oh. it a couple of times since. Like, if I ever need a good cry, I always just throw on the finale. <laughs> Heck yeah. Oh, my God. I love that. Yeah. Wow. So I've. Uh, <laughs> been trying to convert people in your name ever since <laughs> oh thank you so much doing the lord's work yeah oh my god i'm really. so influential <laughs> it's true yeah and then so who are some of your faves i love Locke. he's like mm-hmm. my little precious like i mean i know he gets a little you know towards the yeah. end but i just want to like who doesn't put him in my pocket and protect him the whole show <laughs> Uh huh. <laughs> he's so like, he just wants to do good. Every, oh, I love him. He's just got that bald little head. You gotta put sunscreen on that. Like exactly. This middle aged bald man is my child. He's trying his best, <laughs> really. But yeah, you know, sure. it's the kind of show where, like, at every moment, at every point of the show, like, you have a different favorite character because it's just such a mm-hmm. good character kind of show. Yeah. So I that's totally so agree. True. You know, I have a love hate relationship throughout the show with every character, but Locke, I'm just yeah. like. I'm just rooting for him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I so love hard. That. Little cheerleader. Yeah. And if anyone wants to follow you, uh, do you have any social medias that they could follow you at? Oh, um, um, at Darida, so D A R I I underscore D A on Instagram mm-hmm. and Twitter. Love it. Yep. Keep it consistent. <laughs> nice. Great. Today we have words to say about episode 406 of Lost, The Other Woman. The Other Woman. Ooh. So there's a lot of different ways that they like make that make sense. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, we recently did Eggtown and the <laughs> the writers were like, yeah, you know, it's just like an artistic title, Eggtown, I don't know. But The Other Woman has like several like literal meanings, which yeah, is really many. interesting. So Juliet is the other woman for Goodwin because he has a wife. So they're having an affair making Juliet the other woman. She's also the other one woman for the Jack and Kate relationship. And she's also the other woman to Ben, aside from the woman who she looks like, apparently, which I have thoughts on. Mm. And 
Also, she is the other woman because she's the woman who's with the survivors who is one of the others. You know what I'm going to say? I love her. I love the other woman. (laughs) I didn't expect this from you. (laughs) I love the other woman. I just love how, uh, how many meanings this one has. It's so great. Makes total sense. Um, the broadcast date was March 6, 2008. So that would have been the day after my 13th birthday. OMG, happy birthday. <laughs> Thanks so much. And it was written by Drew Goddard and Christina M. Kim and directed by Eric Lanouville. Uh, some fun facts about this episode before we get started. It's the only episode of the season that follows the traditional flashback formula. So Confirmed Dead, which was 402, is multi- multi-centric to the science team. And The Constant does not contain conventional uses of flashes. There are several other episodes this season who use flashbacks, uh, but not in the traditional forma- format. And uh, I will mention those in the spoilers section. Wow. This episode takes place on Christmas Day 2004, but nobody talks about it. <laughs> Cause they um that's kind of sad yeah but they don't they don't have the calendar that Desmond and Saeed have I guess in in last uh, episode so yeah they're like oh, we didn't even know uh, it is the first Juliet centric episode that does not directly follow a Kate centric episode and immediately precede a Desmond centric centric episode instead it's disrupted by Desmond centric the constant so um, we've always had like not in Portland it was like I do and then not in Portland and then flashes before your eyes in season three and then there was another Juliet episode in season three I think where the same thing happened but this one it goes Kate episode with Eggtown and then Desmond episode with the constant and then Juliet episode so weird wow uh, and this is the fifth episode that takes place completely on the island um following a couple ones if I could think of it like definitely the other 48 days uh three minutes probably um, you know, and other episodes like that. Mm-hmm. But this is the fifth episode. Nice. Before we get started, we're going to do some thoughts from listeners. We got a message about our episode, The Economist, on Discord. You're probably thinking, that was several episodes ago. And you're right, because uh, <laughs> we're recording these quite significantly in advance. So The Economist is the most recent episode that came out as we're recording this. And Isra, as always, has some lovely Saeed insights. Um, so Isra said... She's so smart. Right? And so we were talking about how um, Saeed... Saeed seemed to be like really sort of strange around Naomi's body because um, he didn't hardly know her at all, but he seemed to be like very, it was very important to him. And Isra said, I think Saeed acted that way around Naomi's body because it's a human body. There's an importance on funeral rites being done quickly. Like it's time for them to rest basically. And like they need to let them rest, which makes sense. I mean, in season one, we saw him talking about, you know, the religions of the people that they were going to like put in the blaze of like, they were going to set the um, fuselage on fire. Mm -hmm. Fuselage? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. They were going to set the fuselage on fire and Saeed was a little bit upset about that. But yeah, so Isra had uh, some great insights on how Saeed would feel about that. Uh, But we also thought that he might have been like praying at some point. And she said, I have no idea what Saeed is doing at the beginning with the kneeling. No idea. Because I was was saying that like it looks different than when we've seen him pray in the past. So it didn't really look exactly like that. But and and Isra was like, "Yeah, don't know what that was." Great, awesome. <laughs> so thanks. Cool. Yeah. Uh, this episode we have a very tiny little barracks uh, storyline, and then we're actually going to do the flashbacks before the island storyline because the flashbacks sort of like lead into our, and are uh, sort of connected. You know, I think it would be weird to talk about Harper in the island storyline before we've talked about Harper in the flashbacks. So right. that's what we're going to do. Um, we're going to start with the little barracks storyline and. I did the summary for that. Woohoo! Okay. I'm gonna be honest, you guys. I was like, 
it was like half an hour before we were going to record. And I went, ooh, you know what? I should re read through my summaries just to make sure that um, I'm ready to say them. Uh, and then I realized that I didn't write any. Um, so I wrote these <laughs> half an hour ago. I forgot to write um, summaries. Oh my God. they're here now. Yeah. All right. The barracks storyline. So... <clears throat> Claire comes to Locke asking if she can speak with Miles since his tactic doesn't seem to be working. Locke's not into it. He goes down to bring Ben a meal. Ben sows seeds of doubt in Locke's mind that his people are going to start revolting unless something starts happening. Ben says he can help Locke by giving him information in exchange for some freedom. Locke keeps Ben tied up but takes him back upstairs. Ben gives him the combination to a secret safe which has a VHS tape in it. They watch it and see Charles Widmore beating up one of the others that got caught. Ben explains that the freighter is Widmore's and he's trying to exploit the island. He gives him a folder and says that Locke Locke has all the information now. Locke asks who the double agent on the boat is, and Ben's gonna tell him. Later, Sawyer and Hurley play horseshoes when they see Ben walking around just vibing, saying he'll see them at dinner. <laughs> just a little storyline there, but lots to talk about, to it's be honest. So cute. It's <laughs> I love that ending scene. It's so stupid. I yeah. love it. <laughs> and it like it's funny because we don't even see this storyline until like a third into the episode yeah. as well, you know? <laughs> so we have Locke cleaning a rabbit that he recently hunted. Claire and little baby Aaron come up and she goes, hey, what's going on with Miles? And Locke says, not much. I'm just bringing him food until he wants to talk. And Claire's like, oh, can I talk to him? And Locke is like, why? Because Claire is like a tactician, I guess. And Claire says, we need to know who they are, where they came from, and what, why they don't want to help us. And Locke's like, what do you think? I'm not doing a good job. You think I'm not doing a job, good job doing that? And she says, I just think that you're taking the wrong approach because you killed Naomi, Ben shot Charlotte, and we have Miles prisoner. So, like, I get why they might think that we're, like, <laughs> hostile, basically. I first of all love that Dan and Lapidus are just straight chilling. Like, bad things happen to everybody and Dan and Lapidus are just hanging out. Oh, sure. But I loved uh, Claire saying the word hostile, knowing that the Dharma Initiative used to call the people of the island hostiles. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I believe it said uh, another time this episode as well. So that was pretty cool. Nice. And Locke says, right, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Unfortunately, um, no, absolutely not. And I will not let you do that. <laughs> He's doing his best. <laughs> exactly. He's like, do you remember what Charlie said? And here's the thing. Now, I know that we have Locke stands in the building, but we were talking uh, in 401 about how, like, Locke was kind of using some pretty manipulative language with Hurley mm -hmm. being like, well, if we don't convince everybody to be on our side, Charlie died for nothing, Hurley, you know? Mm -hmm. And now he's just like, let's keep bringing up Charlie to the people who loved him the most to get them to do what we want. Oh, and sure. so Claire stands her ground and she says, he said whose boat it isn't, and I want to know whose boat it is. And I love that line. That's... I think that's such a good moment. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, especially with not Penny's boat being so so iconic and such mm -hmm. an like important phrase like it's just really cool i mm -hmm. love that i love that line for sure so ben is still in the basement and he's reading the valis book so i guess he decided that he could reread because before he was not into it and now he said yep no problem i can just reread this i don't have anything else to do the cool thing about valis that we talked about in the past two episodes is that it is in the episode surrounding the constant and it's a really similar story to the constant so it was in Eggtown and it's in this episode so that's pretty cool yeah Locke hands him his food and ben starts eating this time because you know Locke took it away last time so ben is like i think i'm gonna eat a little bit before i run my mouth <laughs> just in case i think yeah. that would be a good idea yeah yeah i got some food in your system first i just wanted to say i'm like really impressed with ben being able to just like tell what the meat is even after it's cooked and everything he's just like hey is that rabbit Ugh. he's just looking at it like wow well i mean there's a really big difference between like chicken and rabbit <laughs> I mean, so, I guess that's true. I've never had rabbit before, so maybe there there must be. It looks different. I hope to never have rabbit. They're yeah, me either, but I've seen yeah. it. 
for. There are little bunnies in my backyard right now. I'm not trying to eat them. (laughs) (laughs) He ran out of chickens. Oh my god. Exactly. He says, I'm running out of chickens. And it's weird because I was like, wait, I thought he killed the last chicken because he said it was the last egg. Like the last eggs. But now I'm like, oh, maybe he only has male chickens left. Oh. I'm just making it up to make it make sense for (laughs) Sure. Sure. He was saying in Eggtown. But um, he's like, these chickens are not laying eggs. So who knows? And so Ben says, oh, that rabbit didn't have a number on it, right? Because that's literally my pet and best friend and I cannot bear to eat him <laughs> or, or part with him. And Locke's like, huh? And Ben's like, never mind. What? I didn't say that I had feelings about anything. What? Nothing. I don't know. So Locke says he's going to be back for his laundry and dishes in 15 minutes. 15. And um, yep, Ben says, Kate, it's time for me to run my mouth. Because I now I've taken a couple bites, so I'm going to go ahead and start talking. Has the revolution started? Because you're the leader and people are always, like, second-guessing your choices. And it starts small. For example, like, Claire coming to you and telling you that you're not doing a good job. And soon you're going to have a full coup happening. They're going to be real mad when you realize you don't know what you're even going to do. Mm-hmm. And Locke says, and you know what you're going to do? And Ben's like, yeah, all the time. <laughs> I mean, in the island storyline, Harper says that Ben is exactly where he wants to be. Mm-hmm. You know, how he's getting, like, messages to them is the confusing thing to me that I don't know the answer to. Yeah. I was like, that's a bit of a stretch, but I don't know. He's powerful. The timing was really convenient, too. (laughs) That's a little too convenient. Yeah. Yeah. How How are the people acting right after you had a troubling conversation? Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, now I'm wondering if they're just saying that it was Ben who said it to, like, freak Juliet out because she knows what he's capable of. You know, I wonder if it's someone like Richard who actually knows what's going on or something like that. I don't know. I just made that up. (laughs) I don't know, but yeah. So Locke says, oh, does your plan include making $3.2 million? (laughs) Because that seems like kind of important. Oh, here, let me... Let me help you get started, man. He gives him like this crinkled dollar. Where he got that, I have no idea. That's so funny. (laughs) It's so funny. Terry does such a good job in that scene. Truly. It's so funny. Yeah, I love that part because like, he's like, oop, here you go. Let me give you this one dollar. And like, I cannot believe that Locke walked around with a dollar for like three months. I really don't. (laughs) So like my headcanon is that he went and like took it off out of Ben's own piggy bank, like in his own house or whatever. And he was just giving him back his own dollar. And he put it in his pocket and said, one day I'm gonna make a joke about this. Ha ha. (laughs) Oh my God. You know, he scoured the barracks, like looking for like some cash money so he could use this line on Ben. (laughs) He's like, this is going to be funny eventually. (laughs) One day this will pay off. Honestly, it's so, it's so consistent though, because I remember making jokes about this in like literally the moth when like 107 Locke is like, I'm, oh I my see god, that's right! Little... <laughs> I know what you're gonna say! Do you remember that? I see, yeah, I see this little moth cocoon. Hmm, when Charlie comes and asks me about his drugs, I'm gonna bring Charlie over here and do a whole monologue about this moth cocoon. <laughs> like, you know? Like, yeah. he really just thinks about stuff. I he think. really, really prepares metaphors in, in the back of yeah. his mind all the time. <laughs> yeah. So, Ben's like, well, let me help you, because we have a common enemy. And Locke's like, the freighter people? And he's like, no, the person they work for. If you give me some freedom, I'll tell you everything I know about them. And Locke's like, but I don't trust you. And so Ben says, I will show you. And he does. Mm-hmm. So Locke gets Ben all tied up and they go upstairs and he says, Kate, no tricks. You're not going to take me out to the jungle to kill me. And Ben's like, no, it's fine. We'll, we can just stay here. But will you pinky promise that you'll let me out once I give you this information? <laughs> and Locke says, but if I let you out, then what if you run away and meet up with your people? And Ben says, if they wanted me, they would have come and got me. So I've already been having my own sad thoughts about that. <laughs> 
Yeah. I don't believe him. I Yeah, I don't either. I think that he, like Harper said, he's exactly where he wants to be. And so he's just like, my people hate me now. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So he looks behind the picture that he tells him to, and it's a safe. The code is 361528, so we have 15 again there. And it also said on Lostpedia that the combination uh, was a season four clue from Find 815. Oh. So that's pretty cool. The, like, little alternate reality game that they did. Nice, nice. Fun. Locke seems like he's sort of, like, worried that a bomb is gonna go off when he opens it. (laughs) Like, I'm definitely being set up for something. But it's just a Red Sox tape. And he says that he taped over the game. And I just think Jack would be really sad about that. Because that that game meant a lot to him, I feel like. That's what I was thinking. Ben's like, we have a limited amount of VHS tapes here. And sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I just keep, I just keep taping over this one this one tape over and over again i just thought it was funny how Locke legitimately thought it was just a red Sox game he's like this is what mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like oh my god he's like seriously dude <laughs> yeah okay you're going back in the basement man that's this is nothing <laughs> so Locke gets it set up and they sit down and watch and charles woodmore we see charles woodmore getting out of the limo and seems to have been shot secretly ben says this is the man whose boat it is his name's charles woodmore and this is a reveal to the audience like we did yeah. not know that yet. Oh yeah, we totally thought Widmore was a whole separate thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we've also from last episode we know that the boat knows who Penny is. Mm-hmm. So now that makes a little bit more sense as well. Yeah, it's all coming together. Yeah, but until now, Widmore has just been like a guy from Desmond's storyline. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that's why it's kind of, like, jarring to see him here. Yeah. So he's been trying to find the island, and the TV shows that someone is there blindfolded, which is somebody that got caught, one of the others. Um, Locke asks how he knows about the island, and Ben's like, I don't know, but he does. I have spoiler thoughts on that, Ben. I would like to hear him. I mean, we all know that Ben's a liar. True. (laughs) But, um, yeah. So he says... Three months ago in Gainesville, Florida, the Virgin Mary appeared in some mold on the side of a building and over 5,000 people showed up to see her. That is so many people showing up for mold. That's so many people. (laughs) It's mold. (laughs) Every time, I feel like every time I see this episode, I always, I'm always reminded of that episode of Glee where Finn has a Jesus and his grilled cheese and it's called grilled (laughs) grilled Jesus. Grilled Jesus. Oh my god. Grilled Jesus. Um, yeah. So that's what it reminds me of. Um, but Ben is like, this island performs miracles, so how many people are going to come here to see you, person who was paralyzed and now is not? Fair point. Fair. Mm-hmm. It says, Charles Widmore wants to exploit this island. We see Widmore beating up the dude, and Widmore sort of like creepily sees the person filming and the tape ends. This is Charles Widmore. This is the man whose boat is parked offshore. This is the man that's been trying to find the island. Who's the man in the blindfold? One of my people that had the misfortune to get caught. How does Widmore know about the island? I don't know, but he does. What does he want? John, three months ago in Gainesville, Florida, The Virgin Mary seemed to appear in a patch of mold on the side of an old housing complex. When the word got out, over 5,000 people came to see her face for themselves. You've survived an airline crash on this island. One minute you're in a wheelchair, the next minute you're doing jumping jacks. If 5,000 people came out to see a piece of mold, how many people do you think would come here to see you? Charles Whitmore wants to exploit this island and he'll do everything in his power to possess it. 
which is like really kind of a scary moment, especially because it's kind of a, it feels like a fourth wall break. Oh yeah. Because he looked straight into the camera. So it's like kind of really scary, even though it's not because this is a thing being taped on the show, you know, but um, yeah, spooky. Right. Uh, do we ever find out who taped Widmore? Like who Ben sent to do that? I think we know from, hmm, from the like episode, the later episode of Juliet in season three, where we see um, Julian and Rachel. That happened already. Yes. Richard was the one who was out there doing it. I don't know if it was Richard who was doing this one, but we do know that Richard is like out there doing this sort of thing. Okay. Okay. So. So Ben grabs a file from the safe and he says, this is everything I know about him, which there's no way that's true, man. There's no way that's everything. No, no. Um, he says, some of it is guesswork. Some of it's 100% true. Some of it's vague. Like, I don't know, but it's yours now. And you have literally everything I have. Oh, no, no. It's no. just <laughs> enough to pique Locke's interest. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, sorry I didn't share sooner, but it's all I had, so. And he just wants you, I, I think that Locke should have been able to tell that, like, he just wants you to believe that he's given you everything he has. Yeah. Yeah. So Locke says, Kate, last thing you have to do is you have to tell me who your double agent on the boat is. And Ben <laughs> says, okay, but sit down. This is crazy. <laughs> sit down for this one. Oh my yeah, god. This one's this is crazy. He's so dramatic and he knows it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then the iconic final scene of the storyline, plus episode. Sawyer and Hurley just vibing, playing horseshoes. And Hurley is winning because he's good at this and ping pong. And Sawyer's like, how'd you get so good at this? And Hurley says, just lucky, I guess, which I love as a line. It's like really a throwaway line, but like, mm -hmm. it's beautiful for him because it, he yes. always felt so unlucky, you know? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, and the symbolism with the horseshoes too, like. Uh, exactly, just, yeah. You know, he's in, you know, a mm -hmm. quote unquote worse situation than he's ever been in his entire life. But he's also like so happy. He's, he's like, never been happier. He's making friends because no one cares about his money and he doesn't care about his money, you know? He's just a happy old guy. Yeah, and especially, like, we've seen we've seen a flash forward of him now, of him, like, back in the mental hospital and having more troubles and stuff like that. <sighs> so it's like, he was always just happier here. Yeah. I always oh. love the moments on the show when they're just, like, hanging out, just, <laughs> like, Same. passing the time. Yeah. It's what... It's really what makes the show so good is how yeah. well they balance those moments with the drama. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I just, I can't watch shows that are just all drama all the time. It's too intense. Exactly. And also it doesn't allow for like those moments of humanity and you kind of forget why you're rooting for those characters, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like you need to have moments like these where you're like, oh, people, you have souls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Plus like, you know, there's hours upon hours days upon days that i don't see of certain characters you know like yeah. we had we had episodes and episodes and episodes episodes where we didn't see rose and bernard and they were doing stuff you know so it's nice to just see like even though hurley and sawyer weren't in this episode until now that they're still vibing they're still doing yeah. stuff you know they're not just like npcs standing in a room they are not <laughs> xanadu on a loop <laughs> <laughs> they're not the main characters of this episode, but they're their yeah. own main characters of they're life people. every day. You know, yeah, actually, exactly. when I was rewatching the episode, I was watching with my cousin who's never seen the show, and she was like, so uh -huh. Who's the main character? And I'm like, Oh my God. But also this one. But also this they're one. all. It's oh. like, yeah, this has a different main character. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. That's such an interesting question to be asked when watching Lost. 
who's uh-huh. the main character. Yeah, it was actually there were a couple of moments like that. Yeah. Well, oh, here's who's that. here's who's the main character today. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's an ensemble show. Yeah. I love that. So they both see Ben just like walking around doing laundry and they're like, um, what? <laughs> okay. And they're like, hey, what are you doing? And Ben's like, hey guys, see you at dinner. See you at dinner. Teehee. Oh. <laughs> like, it's so funny because he doesn't even answer. They're like, hey, why are you out here? And Ben just like doesn't answer. He's just like, see ya. <laughs> He's he just, just got like, this dumb yeah. little smile on his face. Yeah. Oh my god. And he just like goes inside and they just have to like stare after him. It's so ridiculous. I love this episode for Jorge and Josh to just be in like one scene where they get to play a little game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they go home to their extravagant Hawaii homes. You Incredible. Know? Good for them. Respect. Okay, here's my question. Whose house does he go into? Okay. Number one, number one scenario. He and Locke are roommates now. <laughs> <laughs> number two scenario. Locke kicked him out of his own house and now he lives in someone else's house. That one. Yeah. Okay. Great. Who knows who? I don't know who's though. <gasps> Maybe yeah. Juliet's. Dude, I was thinking the same thing. Maybe he chose Juliet's. I think he chose Juliet. What I don't want to headcanon, the headcanon that I do not want to do, is that he sleeps in Juliet's bed and like smells her sheets. Ew! I don't like that. <laughs> I need you to take that. Me neither. Erase yeah. that from my ears. I no. said I don't want that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you know? I mean, it sure does freaking track. Counterpoint. Yeah. He was walking in with sheets. Mm, oh, you're right. So I think he had freshly cleaned sheets. Okay, yeah. So even if it is Juliet's bed, I think freshly cleaned, At least, okay. cleaned sheets. I need to believe yeah. that. That makes it better. I still don't like it, though. <laughs> I know. <Yeah. laughs> I still hate it. And I can't remember if this is even seen in a future episode where we go. I just can't remember. But if we, like, go into, like, Ben's house where he's living now and we can like see pictures of somebody like for example when we are in ben's house we can see child pictures of alex so we know that it's ben's house you know so i don't know we'll just have to watch for that i mean i would like better for it to be like goodwin and harper's house and then he just goes through and like smashes all the pictures of goodwin that'd be nice (laughs) yeah that'd be fine i would tolerate that yeah Ugh. it's not enough for him to be just straight up dead and yeah get, no like, speared in the chest he's, he's like be i also threw in all your memories yeah 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 <laughs> well there's that tiny storyline and we're gonna like i said go into the flashes next um because they're so important to the island storyline and i'm really excited i think these flashes are really interesting they're juicy um, yeah yeah and casey did the summary oh, well i do love talking about my woman juliet <clears throat> yes the other woman oh <laughs> but not to casey not to me she's the only woman for me mm-hmm. yeah okay <clears throat> the episode opens with a flashback to juliet waiting in a room when harper a therapist enters now that juliet has been on the island for about a week harper wants to know how juliet is acclimating juliet says she's uncomfortable being the center of attention and harper assures her it won't last long tom friendly interrupts and brings juliet to ben who surprises juliet with her own house next we see juliet on the floor of her office crying when she hears someone enter it's goodwin he's looking for gauze for a burn that he got at the power station juliet helps him and the two introduce themselves goodwin tries to be a friend and asks juliet if she has anyone to talk to about what she's feeling like harper juliet calls harper mean and spiteful <laughs> and goodwin awkwardly reveals uh yeah that's my wife <laughs> he doesn't take it personally though and as he leaves juliet says that if he won't tell harper what she said about her she won't tell anyone that the burn on his arm is actually a chemical burn Later, Julia is explaining her research to Ben, saying that it's as though the mother's immune system turns on the fetus in the second trimester 
of pregnancy on the island. They're interrupted by Goodwin, and the vibes are instantly awkward. Ben clearly senses something heating up between Good- between Goodwin and Juliet. In her next session with Harper, it's clear Ben isn't the only one picking up on the tension between Juliet and Goodwin. She asks outright how long Juliet has been sleeping with her husband. Yikes! Juliet tries to deny it at first, but Harper says she's followed her and knows the truth. Harper warns Juliet that if she continues to have a relationship with Goodwin, he's going to get hurt. Not by Juliet, but by Ben. Next, Juliet and Goodwin are having a picnic on a secluded part of the beach. Their affair has been going on for over a year, and Goodwin is tired of being so secretive. Juliet doesn't want to tell people because she's afraid it would make Ben upset, but Goodwin isn't concerned. We then cut to the moment of the crash from 301 when Ben is delegating orders, and he sends Goodwin to go find the tail section as Juliet and Harper exchange tense glances. A few weeks later, Ben invites Juliet to a dinner party, which turns out to just be the two of them. Juliet talks about Emma and Zach, the kids from the plane, saying they're asking about their mom. Ben assures her, they'll stop asking about their mom soon enough, calm down. Then they start talking about Goodwin, and Ben reveals that he's making an impassioned case for Ana Lucia to join them, clearly trying to make Juliet jealous. Finally, Ben comes to Juliet's office, where Juliet reveals that Jack is a spinal surgeon and could help with Ben's tumor. He's uninterested and asks Juliet to follow him. He takes her out to Goodwin's body, who's just been killed by Ana Lucia. Juliet is distraught and asks Ben why he brought her out here, not Harper. Ben says it's because he needs Juliet to know that she is his and no one else's. He tells her to take as much time as she needs as he walks away. Ugh. Ugh. (laughs) Disgusting. Gross. Yeah. But like you said, juicy. Juicy for sure. (laughs) Yeah, zesty for sure. Zesty, that's a word. <laughs> so we see Juliet in Harper's office and she's, you know, playing with a little Zen garden. And of course, there are some little black and white stones in there. So, of course, they had to put that little theme in there. We love symbolism. And I think that, you know, Juliet's just so relatable in the scene because who doesn't love raking a little sand, you know? It's so true. Like if I was bored in a room and that was there, you know, I'd be playing with that thing. Mm hmm. So Harper comes in. She says, hey, sorry, I'm late. Nice to meet you. I'm Harper Stanhope. And I am pretty sure that we didn't know Goodwin's last name before this. So I'm pretty sure this is not the reveal that they're married. Like, you know, there are some times when they like put these in and people who like know. I think that the average viewer wouldn't remember random man Goodwin's last name, even if they gave it. Oh, yeah. I fully thought Goodwin was his last name. Exactly. Exactly. So (laughs) people probably thought that. So I do not think that this was the reveal. And if they did give Goodwin, Goodwin's last name earlier, then that would like be only for very like in it fans to yeah, catch that, especially on the first viewing before <laughs> they do the reveal later. And yeah, even then, like if you know that they have the same last name and you also know that Goodwin had an affair with Juliet, you could even think that they could be siblings as well, you know? Right. If you even know, if you even know that. Anyway, so I don't think this was the re- the reveal. It's at Unlostpedia that one of Harper's diplomas has a Hanso Foundation logo. So oh. you could also catch that potentially. So Harper says, hey, this is our first one. So I just want to get you to know you today. And Juliet's like, okay, well, no offense. I just like, don't think that I need therapy. And uh, Harper says, famous last words. <laughs> exactly. She says, okay, well, we're just think about it as just us talking. And she said, okay. I think it's like so deeply weird that the others would have this like occupational health thing going on. Oh my God. They have such good health care. Right? <laughs> like free therapy. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. You guys have health. You guys have therapy included. That's crazy. You got benefits. <laughs> yeah. 
I guess I just like wonder, I mean, clearly Harper was there before Juliet. And I mean, Tom talks about her like he's been talking to her as well. Yeah. I, I'm just interested in thinking that like, cause originally I was like, maybe they like brought in Harper to do this stuff specifically so that Juliet would like take it more seriously and be like, this is a workplace. I think she's kind of there to like not keep everyone under control, but for, Mm -hmm. I think Ben probably brought like Mm -hmm. a psychologist there to Mm -hmm. know that like if someone's acting up. Yeah, there's definitely no confidentiality there. Or like having thoughts about betraying him or like the team or something. Dude, a hundred percent. Like the patient doctor confidentiality is like not on. Yeah, it is not on. No, no. (laughs) Like fully Harper. This is interesting because like, I think that if Harper knows that they're having an affair, which she does, then Ben also knows. But I also feel like Harper wouldn't have told him that because she wouldn't want Goodwin to get hurt. You know, so it's like... I can also... I just think that a lot of the things that Harper knows, Ben also knows. Yeah. I can also see a situation where Ben knows Harper so well that he would know if she were lying to him. So maybe Mm. he would be asking about like, oh, how's your sessions with Juliet going? And maybe he could feel that like Harper was acting different or something. I don't know. Yeah. Well, because also like we know that Goodwin sleeps on the couch like a lot. And so I wonder if he knows, I don't know, something about that. I don't know. But it definitely makes sense that Ben would have been able to figure this out somehow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Harper says, you've been here a week so far. So what's your least favorite part? What's the worst part? She says that I get treated like a celebrity. And she goes, well, you're really big news around here. And Juliet says it makes me feel isolated and harper immediately on the wrong foot well soon you'll learn that you're just like everybody else and you're not a celebrity and juliet's like oh my god (laughs) you're not special at all yeah juliet's like oh my god i was not saying that i was a celebrity sorry i i agree i i don't think that which is why i don't like that i feel that way (laughs) but then she doesn't really get much of an opportunity to explain that yeah um because tom shows up and like hey tom i missed you buddy how you doing man (laughs) Nice stash, dude. Love ya. I missed him. <laughs> He's cute. Um, and he goes, hey, sorry, Ben wants to see Juliet. And she goes, okay, well, anyway, welcome to the island. And this, like, sort of feels like its own reveal in itself. But it truly, like, it, I don't even think, I can't recall the first time I watched this. But, like, it didn't even occur to me that this could read, like, a regular flash forward until now. Or, like, or sorry, like, a regular flashback, even, like, before she got onto the island. Oh. Oh, I see what you're saying. And then, like, the reveal is welcome to the island. and then when we see tom right oh yeah we realize that we were on the island because her hair is really curly which is like a usual tell of like when we are in the timeline for juliet yeah i i feel like i it's pretty clear she's on the island i think so too especially because she's like you've been here a week you are brand new you're really important so i think that if yeah i think if that's a reveal it's a small one like for anybody who wasn't expecting it yeah that's yeah. what I think. So Juliet's walking with Tom and he says, hey, Harper, she's really interesting and she's going to have you crying about your childhood soon. And he says, crying about your daddy. So he also has daddy issues. <laughs> oh my God. Because everybody has daddy issues. <laughs> Literally everyone on the show has daddy issues. Yeah, it's true. I so, love that detail though. Mm-hmm. I love that for yeah. him, for spoiler things. Right. Uh, me too. I also wrote down something for spoilers like, for that. Oh God, it makes sense. <laughs> so Ben is in front of her house and he has flowers for her and he's like welcome to your house and she's like this whole house is like just for me and here's the thing i got to go on the lost location tour to where the houses are obsessed and it's like i know i've said this before but they're it's a children's 
summer camp. So the houses are very small. The house interiors were like a whole different place. Um, they're like maybe on a sound soundstage or something even. But like the houses are quite small. And so uh, it's really not much. <laughs> it's really not a, a whole house. So you're watching this and you're like, Juliet, raise your standards. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's okay. I guess it's like, I'm really impressed with like how they use, I don't know, camera angles or something to make the houses look bigger. And maybe I'm misremembering because it has been several years since I went. But like in my mind, they're like little <laughs> they're yeah. like little and they look like full houses when i'm watching the show you know yeah tricks of the camera man where do you guys think yeah where do you guys think she was living for the first week that she lived here that's what i couldn't figure out i'm like where the heck else yeah. has she been they got like a little hotel do they have a guest house <laughs> what a guest room yeah maybe a motel yeah. an airbnb I don't know. Maybe she was maybe she was rooming with somebody. That would make sense because she's like, wow, I get this whole house. Maybe. Like, I wonder if she was just sharing with somebody. Okay, headcanon. Headcanon. Tell me. Headcanon. That me. she was living and being roomies with Amelia, the older lady who she's like friends with in 301. Oh. Who comes to her house and comes to her book club. That's my headcanon. I have no reason other than I know that they're friends. I and we never see her again. could see but that. that's my headcanon. The only thing that makes me think she has hasn't been living with someone is that like mm. I feel like the whole theme of the episode is to like show how like alone she was and how alone she yeah. felt oh you're right and Goodwin was like the first person who actually like she formed a bond with so I feel like she hasn't really like that's a good point interacted with anyone up to this point yeah that's a good point yeah I wonder where she was staying I don't know in like just a smaller maybe they have like an in-between house for whenever they get new people maybe yeah that would make sense because she says like wow this whole thing for me and like she's only supposed to be here for three months or six months six months yeah yeah six months mm -hmm. and so she probably thinks she's just gonna stay in that place for six months because she's not gonna be here for very long right would be my guess yeah yeah can i just say how mean like I, when i was watching it i was like oh my god this is so mean like, she's like i'm only here for mm. six months it's so cruel. Oh, I want to beat up Ben the yeah. entire episode. <laughs> Good. He deserves it. <laughs> Me every episode. So mean. Yeah. Like Someone punch him. Yeah, for real. It's so cruel. Mm -hmm. So he goes, well, you get a whole house because you're really important. You get two bed, two bath, washer, dryer. And I'm like, damn, geez, that's nice. <laughs> I know. And free health care. <laughs> My God. That's you nice. know, is Dharma hiring? Can I go? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You like see a sounds like a great deal to me. Yeah, honestly, an advertisement in the newspaper like Mikhail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, and also we know that you like opera, so we have some on CD. And I'm like, did we know that? No, I guess we did. Maybe I don't know. But they're listening to an opera later at their like dinner party. So I feel like this is the only time it's ever brought up, and it kind of pisses me off because I just mm. it's like one of the few times where I feel like a detail is thrown in that like mm. isn't actually in the character's yeah I don't character. See her. Mm. <laughs> Being an opera person. Yeah. I mean, the only other time that we've seen her listening to music was downtown. Exactly. So yeah. I'm like, I feel right? like that's yeah. the vibe we're going for. But right, right. not opera. I don't know. Yeah. So he, she's like, wow, thanks. Well, hey, you didn't need to do this. I'm only here for six months. And he's like, right. Like cronk voice. Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> You That's know? exactly how I heard you say. Yeah, yeah. So later we see her crying in the medical office and she hears something and it's Goodwin and he comes in um, looking for gauze like really frantically because he got this really bad burn. So she asks how he got the burn and he says that he accidentally pressed against a power transformer. She looks at it and 
the thing that made me laugh so much is that he's like looking around, looking around, can't find any gauze. And then she opens the cabinet and there's fully a labeled box of gauze in the cabinet <laughs> that just says gauze. So he was not looking very hard. No, dude was not focused. Yeah. Mm-mm. So he says, oh my God, you're Dr. Burke, the baby expert. <laughs> and he reveals that we le- we lost Henrietta this morning. And he says it's not her fault. So we learn then what she was just crying about. Right. Except they lost somebody. She says, hey, pregnant women are dying and I'm supposed to be the one here to fix it. So it kind of does feel like it's my fault. Po- it's like my fault. <laughs> and he says, no one expects you to do it overnight. Maybe you can like talk to a friend like Harper. <laughs> <laughs> We know that she ends up being friends with Amelia. Julia's just like, yeah, about that. Yeah, no, I'm good. That girl's a bitch. Yeah. That's actually a good point, Casey. Like, you know how you were saying that she, like, felt isolated and and everything? Because, like, we know that she ends up being friends with Amelia. So, like, clearly she doesn't have her to talk to right now. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and also that's going to bring me to, like, a hot take later in the episode Mm -hmm. that I don't think any- Oh, I'm thrilled. So excited. I don't think anyone is prepared for. (laughs) okay just know that like what i really picked up on watching this episode this time around was like juliet's isolation and like Mm. loneliness which leads me to think it's a really it's a theme of an episode of the episode it it leads me to think about something that i we'll get there we'll get there i'm excited Okay, okay my favorite part of this whole interaction was how he didn't disagree with anything that she said about Harper. Mm, yeah. <laughs> just like, oh, that's my wife. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Yeah, for sure. It's like He's like, yeah, the old ball and chain. She's yeah. a mean, spiteful person. <laughs> yeah. <Love that. laughs> yeah. So she goes, no, I'm not going to talk to Harper because Harper hates me. And I only, we only talk because we have to. And I think she's secretly a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, okay, I feel awkward uh, because I'm married to her. And so this, I believe, is what the reveal is, is the reveal that Goodwin, first of all, was married because we already knew that they were, they they had an affair at some point Mm -hmm. and that he has, that she, that Harper is the wife. Yeah. And, oh, like you said, Dari, I, like people probably assumed that Goodwin would probably be his last name anyway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Juliet goes, oh my God, humiliating. I'm so sorry. Anyone to talk to? Any friends here? Maybe Harper. Harper hates me. Really talk because we have to. I get the feeling that she's a mean and spiteful person. She's my wife. She's your wife. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. No, no, don't worry I about think... it, really. It's okay. Okay, Gara. You're set. To be fair, that's a major thing to, like, say and accuse someone of to another yeah. person you literally just met. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, dude, you don't know. Like, you just got here. Even if they weren't married, they could be, like, friends. He'd be like, listen, I have a couple more allegiances to her than I have to you. Yeah. You know, it's just, like, it's really something to say to somebody who you just met. Yeah. Like, especially because she's everybody's therapist, too. Right. He's like, well, actually, she's <laughs> yeah, that's so true. gotten me through a lot of really deep, difficult. <laughs> she got me through my daddy issues. Things. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. The required daddy issues to get residents on this island. Yeah. Right. I think that, like, kind of also goes to show, though, where Julia is, like, emotionally in this episode. Because Mm -hmm. she's dealing with all this pain and, like, 
this death and guilt because she blames herself and she has no one to talk about it to and I can kind of relate to like that moment where like you're talking to someone you don't know well and you kind of just blurt something out that you're feeling that you haven't like told other people because sometimes it's easier to tell a stranger than to tell a close friend and it unfortunately just so happened that the stranger was (laughs) the husband of the (laughs) person you were complaining about yeah yeah really unfortunate circumstances here um yeah small world do we know at this point how long she's been there like does she know already that she's not only going to be there for six months i don't think she knows that yet i Mm. think if i had to guess like if she hasn't met goodwin yet Mm. or she hasn't met everybody but she already doesn't like harper and she met harper and had her first thing with harper at one week if i had to guess it's been like a week and a half, maybe two weeks. Yeah, mm-hmm. just a few weeks in, I would say. If she hasn't met Goodwin yet, you know? Yeah. But I do think it's so funny that he she's like, um, I hate her and she's horrible. And Goodwin's like, it's okay. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. She's like, okay, well, you're good to go. And he's like, well, if you need to talk some- to somebody, you can talk to me. Interesting thing to say to mm. this beautiful woman who's not your wife. Mm-hmm. Who just insulted your wife. Immediately, Goodwin is already <laughs> interested in Juliet because, I mean, clearly he doesn't care that much for his wife or else he'd be like, that's my freaking wife. <laughs> yeah. And we know by now already that she was sleeping with Goodwin eventually, but not that he mm-hmm. had a wife. That's brand new information to this episode. Right. So Juliet says, okay, promise not to tell your wife what I said and I won't tell that you're lying about how you hurt your arm because I'm literally a doctor and that's clearly <laughs> a chemical burn. Not sure why you thought you could lie to a literal doctor about this, <laughs> but okay. And he goes, ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> deal i'm goodwin and she says i'm juliet and the rest is history cute so in another extremely creepy scene <laughs> who i if i had to guess it's been like maybe two months or something now ben stares at juliet while she looks at a, micro- in a microscope literally my next note was ben gives me the heebie-jeebies this episode <laughs> i'm like dude you are making it weird <laughs> oh my god the stop Oh my gosh. That's just been the whole series. Yeah. You're giving me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, I did have a note later where I was like, Michael Emerson does such a good job. I think it's like, especially in the like, uh, dinner party scene where he mm-hmm. has this sort of like, creepy, weird, like, hopeful, unhinged flirting that oh. he does. And Michael Emerson does a great job, but I hate it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's terrible. Exactly. Just- stares at her while she's not looking horrible yep and so she's like okay the problem happens in the second trimester the immune system is triggered and she loses white blood cells so then the immune system seems to like turn on the fetus and that kills the baby as well as the mother then ben also looks into the microscope i keep saying wanting to say microphone because i'm staring right at a (laughs) microphone while while i'm saying this but he looks in there too and he like almost touches her hand or maybe just fully touches her hand. And she's like, okay, and moves her hand. She's ick. like, anyway. Ick, ick, ick. Yeah. Ick, yeah. And so he goes, what's the cause? He like fully is like, I'm going to move right past that. Was hoping that you would just grab my hand and hold it, I guess. I'm like, what was the, what was the hope? I don't know. So gross. While talking about dying mothers, like. Yeah, so romantic. <laughs> Let's have a romantic moment. <laughs> Exactly. He's like, are you picking up on the romantic tension between us right now? His white blood cells. She's like, I am not. <laughs> She's like, I'm actually in extreme emotional distress because people keep dying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is not what I wanted to be a baby doctor for. 
I literally talked about this last season. I don't like <laughs> it. So he says, have you figured out what the cause is? She says, no, it's too early to know, but it seems to only happen to conceptions on the island. And then Goodwin shows up and he goes, oh, hey, Ben, um, Ethan's sick. So I have an extra sandwich if you want it, Juliet. I love, I mean, you know, Ethan's been dead for eons, <laughs> but I love how they keep bringing up Ethan. And I love how, like, it just sorts sort of when we start bringing these people up, like Friendly and Goodwin and Ethan, these characters that are all dead by now that we keep bringing them up and it just sort of like feels like a workplace comedy at some point you know it's just like gone but never forgotten exactly we're like dropping names of these people who like committed atrocities against our friends (laughs) and um he's like oh yeah he's sick so i have an extra sandwich like you know (laughs) just weird Hmm. so juliet says thanks i'm good also like i'm busy because i have to go meet your wife in 10 minutes and he goes okay tell her i said hi oh ben do you want the sandwich and ben goes no (laughs) no i'm good thanks no no thank you and he goes okay (laughs) like i know that ben already like understands and realizes that she has relationships with people on this island other than him you know Mm -hmm. like she's not just in a box that you go and visit yeah other people exist you know? Yeah. Do you think that he's just, like, against her having male friends, period? Because the thing is that, like, we know, based on the next scene, that they are already sleeping together, and they are already having an affair. Yeah. But this interaction that Ben sees is totally innocent. Yeah. I don't think it was intentionally. I think Goodwin just, like, thought on his feet. Yeah. Before. He's like, oh, I'm just gonna go have, like, he intended to go have lunch with her, but then he's like, oh, uh, yeah, extra sandwich. That's why I'm here. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, I wasn't gonna say or anything. What if she had been, like, like, oh yeah, sure. And he'd be like, okay, let me go get it. <laughs> Goes home, makes a sandwich. Here you go. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. He like came in there to go and like make out with her and he's just like, oh, hey, Ben. <laughs> just happen to have a sandwich. <sighs> anyway, see ya. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I was thinking that Ben probably knows that they're sleeping together already because Harper knows. But then, like I said, based on next scene, <laughs> she doesn't want Ben to know that stuff. Harper. Harper doesn't want Ben to know that because mm-hmm. then Goodwin will be in trouble. Right. Yeah. I don't think Ben knows at this point. I think his reaction is like very much someone picking up on like the beginnings of a relationship. Yeah. I think I agree with that. But now I'm thinking that like a potential other thing that it could be and I don't like I don't think this is right I'm just putting things out there is that she is like obligated to tell Ben about stuff and so she told Ben and is like finally stepping up and telling Juliet about this because she knows that Ben knows and she's like trying to get them to stop being in a relationship because like maybe she got Ben to agree to not hurt Goodwin if they stop being together or something. Oh, sure. I don't know. I just wonder if like she knows that Ben knows because she told him because she was obligated to or something. But I think that your thing is more likely. I don't know. Now I don't know. Who knows? Who's to say? Who's to say? So back in Harper's office, um, she's got like a little Dharma mug and uh, Kate had one of those recently and I want one so bad. So oh. uh, anyone who has one, I'd, I'd like it. Give me that merch. Right. So Harper says, this is why I think that Ben is in her ear. What are your thoughts on Ben and why she has to tell Ben stuff? Because she's like, what do you think about Ben? I definitely won't be telling him what you think. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. About him. It's not subtle. Like, did he put you up to this? Are you going to tell him what I say? Like, ask yep. if she likes me. <laughs> yeah. Ask him. Ask her if she has a crush on me. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> you want to go out? Yes or no? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So she goes, uh, well, he's great. 
He's smart. He's very intense and very challenging. And he's very good to me, right? Hmm. Interesting. So I feel like, you know, she, with another therapist who she could actually be honest with, I think she would be honest with. But I think because her and Harper don't have a very good relationship, like this therapy is not helping because Julia's mm-hmm. not being honest anyway. Oh, yeah, you know? no. It's like it, a meeting with HR. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like you're not going to talk. Exactly. That's it. Exactly. Badly about your boss, to HR. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like if, if it was an actual therapy, she'd be like, well, I'm going to be honest. He's really creepy. It's so creepy. He's freaking me out. <laughs> he keeps staring. Yeah. It's, it's bad. <laughs> yeah. 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 So Harper says, oh, yeah, that makes sense because you look just like her. Excuse me. First of all, manipulative for a therapist. Yup. It's the worst. Do you even have your therapist license? Therapist. Are any of those, like... Is that that certificate you have on the wall from the Hanso Foundation or is it from an actual therapist college or whatever? Like, is this an actual certificate you have or did you get your therapist license from the Hanso Foundation? That one. I don't think you're a real therapist. No, absolutely not. Or if she is, she's just a really bad one. Or (laughs) that. Where's the other? Or that. Yeah, exactly. And that's fair because there are terrible therapists out there. Yeah. And you know what? I feel like this is why, like, you, like, two people in like the real world two Mm -hmm. people who are going to talk about each other aren't allowed to go to the same therapist you know Mm -hmm. like your therapist is like not supposed to know any of the people in your life they're just supposed to know you yeah oh yeah for sure and so i feel like it's like already a oh shoot what's it called conflict of interest yeah conflict of interest you freaking get me yeah i work in a law firm what about (laughs) it it's a conflict of interest that she knows all of these people that everybody is talking about oh yeah Mm -hmm. everything about this is so off like this is so not what they teach you in the dsm-5 like no no aside from the fact right yeah the dsm-5 fully reporting to another dude yeah right right (laughs) so we completely breeze past this comment about like yeah you look just like her Mm -hmm. i'm gonna be honest i straight up have no idea who she's talking about same throughout like throughout the episode like as we continue on with the show no idea who this is about did you make that up (laughs) like what is like her i have no clue who he's talking i think some people have speculated some people have speculated that it's like about his mom you which is like a freudian thing i'm not interested in or like an oedipal whatever you know oh the oedipus complex yeah (laughs) but like i guess like she just has blonde hair she doesn't even look like carrie preston like at all elizabeth mitchell is the only person who has ever looked like elizabeth mitchell period right exactly i said elizabeth no worry about it (laughs) (laughs) no worry no worry no worry but like ben says that the reason why juliet is the one who sent him to talk to jack is because she looks like sarah you know so it's like it makes sense that they would have done stuff like this but i still to this day have no clue this woman that they're talking about i also have no clue and i was like am i just dumb am i forgetting something major that happens later no i don't know who's talking about who they're talking about i don't think so like i'm pretty sure i looked it up on lastpedia but i'm gonna go back in and just take a look while we're talking so harper says hey so you're friends with my husband and juliet's like yeah i guess i guess and so she's like when did you start having an affair and juliet's like um how dare you this conversation took a turn she says i'm not stupid and juliet's like i'm leaving and she's like no no please respect me enough to stop pretending to be affronted i followed you and i watched you and i was like whoa okay woof ouch i struggle so much to like harper and like I really respect- You try and and like Harper? Yeah. Like, I really respect her in the moment where she's like, please don't disrespect me by, like, telling me I'm wrong. Like, I I like her standing up for herself in that respect, but I hate her in every other respect. (laughs) 
Yeah. So there's that. Yeah, she looks just like her, but it doesn't even say on Lostpedia who she's talking about. Who's her? Like, that's too... Who is in- her? It's too intentional of a line to be a throwaway, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going into the theories section. Nice. I trust the lost theorists. And some of the theories are, who does Harper think Juliet looks like? How is Harper able to disappear and appear so suddenly? Who is Widmore's victim in the video? And how is Harper in contact with Ben? These are all good questions. Oh my god, Harper's a figment of their imagination. <laughs> but it doesn't have any answers on here. Like, this is just questions that aren't answered. So, oh my god. listen, sometimes Lost doesn't answer the questions. Like, they say Lost is filled with unanswered questions. It's true, but they answer most of them and most of the ones that matter. I think this is the only time where I'm rightfully upset that they yeah, yeah. don't answer it. You're like, who looks like Elizabeth Mitchell? I would like to meet her. I would like to know. Are there two Elizabeth <laughs> Mitchells out there? Show yeah. me. Show me them. Juliet evil twin question mark? <gasps> <gasps> I would watch the hell out of that. <laughs> so she says, I know that you're having an affair. And Juliet concedes and she whispers that she's sorry. And Harper says, it doesn't matter. So clearly their relationship has been on the rocks for like a while. Oh yeah. You know? I don't think Juliet was the problem. He'll let people badmouth his wife and she doesn't care that he's having an affair. She's <laughs> like, yeah, it's whatever. But what you need to know is that if you keep doing this, there will be consequences for him and I don't want him to get hurt. And she's like, oh, I wouldn't hurt him. And she's like, no, no, but Ben might. And she is right. Yeah, that's also fair. She is correct. When did you start sleeping with him? What? Look, Juliet, I'm not an idiot. So just tell me, when did it start? Okay. I'm not doing this. We're done. No, no, no. Please respect me enough to spare me the pretense that you are actually offended. I know. I followed you. Watched you. I'm sorry. It doesn't matter anymore. But what does matter is that you listen to me and that you believe me. Now, if you continue to have a relationship with Goodwin, there will be consequences. I don't want him to get hurt. I would never hurt him. Look, I am not talking about you. I am talking about Ben. But Juliet says, I don't care. Yeah, I I can appreciate that she's not mad at Juliet. She's mm-hmm. mad that Juliet's presence is putting her husband in danger. Right. Yeah. It's interesting to me that Juliet then goes and, I mean, in this next scene, Goodwin says that he's been sleeping on the couch for a year? That's a long time. Listen, I'm sorry, but if Juliet has a two bed, two bath. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Y'all don't have a two bed? Like, sleep on the other bed, man. Oh my God. I forgot about that. Right? (laughs) Did they like intentionally bring that up? Oh my God. Is that your office? Like, what is that? Like, put another bed in there. I don't know. But it's just like, if he's been sleeping on the couch for a a year like they've been doing this for a really long time are straight people okay i don't think so (laughs) i don't know i don't think so i don't think so either but also it's like so she says hey if you don't stop being with goodwin he's gonna get hurt by ben and juliet's like meh or is she just like no it's fine or is she like what what makes her continue to be with goodwin for like uh, over a year i don't think after this i don't think she understands 
the power Ben magnitude. Yeah, yeah. the the power Ben has over all of them. And I think mm-hmm. losing Goodwin is the moment where she does finally see that. Right. Yeah, because even in the conversation that she has with him, she's like shocked to find out that everyone knows that Ben's obsessed with her. Right. Right. So maybe she's just like not very perceptive, which is strange for her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, there is kind of like an element of like naivete around her mm-hmm. yeah like maybe she's just hoping it's not as bad as she thinks it is because yeah. she's been there for a year yeah. at this point she already knows to some extent the power that he has because she's stuck there yeah and plus like if we are to believe that like she doesn't i mean clearly she forms relationships with these people like when we see mm-hmm. her in 301 she's in a book club but if yeah. we're made to believe that like <sighs> What am I trying to say? That even despite making acquaintances, she's still very emotionally isolated. Mm -hmm. Then she probably doesn't have anyone besides Harper telling her like, hey, for real, watch out for this Ben guy. Like he, Mm -hmm. you know, I think she's kind of being like, she doesn't have anyone in her corner kind of who she trusts warning her. Because like Harper tells her to watch out for him, but she's like, I don't like you. So Yeah. yeah. And Goodwin's kind of the only person that she has that kind of connection with. So maybe she's just reluctant to give that up. Yeah. She doesn't have. Yeah. Like, it's the only person that she has to talk to. Exactly. Very Yeah. Because nice. like oh. she and Harper then have like a common goal, which is to keep Goodwin safe, which is why Harper is like real with her in that moment. Mm-hmm. But I also think there's something to say or there's something to be said about knowing that it's bad for you and doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Especially when she's like, like she said herself, so isolated on this island, you know, she's in grief constantly. She mm-hmm. like, it's just not a good time. It's not a good party that she has here. And so it's like, if that's the only thing that's bringing her happiness and bringing her joy, it's like, yeah. sometimes it's worth that risk, even if it's Ugh. putting somebody else at risk especially because she's like this just broke my heart Mm -hmm. well she's even like saying to him like i'm worried about this and like maybe she does care about that but he doesn't right he's willing to put himself at risk to be with her Mm -hmm. i'm so sad and i i think that (laughs) yeah i think that almost heightens her feelings for him in a way Mm -hmm. where like he i mean he does know what Ben can do, but he's still not afraid of him. And mm-hmm. he's still choosing Juliet over fear, which I think Juliet sees and really admires in him. Yeah. I have this note later, but I think I'm going to bring it up now just because it's relevant. We see Goodwin sort of dismiss Juliet's feelings about Ben and her worries yeah. about it in, at the end mm-hmm. of this episode. Oh my gosh, I keep saying that. At the end of this scene. Yep. And, you know, she keeps saying, hey, I'm worried about this. And he goes, man, whatever like what's Ben gonna do right and that's something that I think that she really likes about Jack at the end of this episode that Mm. she says I'm worried about this and he doesn't say meh Ben's not gonna hurt me he knows that Ben can hurt him, but he's not afraid. And I think that's what Oh my god. Juliet really likes about Absolutely. About Jack. No spoilers. Is that he doesn't say But yeah. that leads to my big hot take. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like just that moment where instead of being like, meh, whatever, Juliet, it's fine. He says, like, I understand your worries, and that's something that scares me too, but it's worth it. Yeah. And that's what 
she really likes about Jack. And with when Goodwin says it, it seems so dismissive and careless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's something kind of gross about it. But when Jack does it, you know exactly where he's coming from. You know he's seen what Ben can do. And he kind of, he doesn't say it in a way that's careless. He says, I'm fully aware of this, but I'm still going to protect you. And yeah. I don't know. Good guy Jack, maybe. I don't know. There's a world in which, like, or there's a possibility that this could have happened. I don't think that it is. But, like, Goodwin could have been saying, like, man, what's Ben gonna do in a way that, like, I'm saying that because I want to stay with you even though I know that Ben could hurt me. Mm -hmm. I think that the way that he says it here is actually dismissive, though. Yeah. Like, I think it could have been, it could have been played in a way of him being, like, trying to be reassuring. It's gonna be okay. Exactly. Yeah. But I don't think that's what this is. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So going into this scene, after we've talked about a bunch of it already, they're having like a private little beach picnic date. Um, Juliet gets out of the water and I love this because she's a swim so- swim shorts girly just like me. I love her and I, I- said thank you. <laughs> and she's got a black top on and white bottoms. So there's your black and white as well. But I do want to say, lady, a white swimsuit, that's a gamble. It's bold, <laughs> but she's bold. That's a gamble, man. Yeah, sure, man. So yeah, they straight up just kept having an affair even after they were caught and... I was like, I wonder if Goodwin doesn't know that Harper knows that they were having an affair. But then he says that he's been sleeping on the couch for a year. So like he knows that Harper knows and he just keeps doing it. But he keeps staying in her house because if he moves in with Juliet, he's dead already, you know? Right. So Goodwin says that he stole the wine off the sub. And so I don't even know if it's good or not. But then they cheers and she seems like really happy. And I think that's like shows that like it's like some of the only times when she is happy. And that's why she keeps doing it. Yep. A hundred percent. You can see just Mm -hmm. how like content she is just for that moment. Yeah. So he says, I wish we didn't have to be so private because I've been sleeping on the couch for a year. A year is a very long time to sleep on the couch. His poor back. It's such a long time. You're exactly your back, your neck, dude. (laughs) Are you okay? Oh, that can't be comfortable. No amount of physical therapy will be able to heal you from that. There are some couches that are comfortable to sleep on, but like the ones that I've seen in the, in the houses are just not that. Yeah. I will say most comfortable couch I've ever slept on, Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah. Great couch. 10 out of 10. Hey, and we loved having you. Dude, I slept on that couch when I was in Vancouver uh, last week. So comfortable. Not too bad, honestly. I love it. Thought it was going to be worse. Not too bad. It's great. Yeah. So then this is interesting. Goodwin says, why can't I just tell her? And I was like, what does he have to tell her? Like, it would have made more sense if he had been like, can I just tell Ben? Like, what can can I just, can't I just tell him? Right. Right. But he has to tell Harper. That's what kind of confused me. Yeah. He has to tell Harper something. Mm -hmm. Does he know that Harper knows? I mean, why else would he sleep on the couch then? But like, with this line, it's like, wait, does she? Does he? Exactly. I don't don't know who knows what. Maybe he meant like, tell her that he's leaving kind of thing. Oh. Exactly. That was what my thought was too, that he tell her that he's officially leaving her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. But that was not clear. (laughs) That was not clear. That makes sense. Yeah. On Lostpedia, it was pointed out that Juliet's secret relationship with Goodwin totally parallels Sun's relationship with Jay Lee. And in Ooh. DOC, you know, Juliet says we all make mistakes and everything. And I feel like re-watching DOC mm. with the knowledge of this episode. Oh my God. Really puts it into perspective. And we, you know, had a whole thing about that in the spoilers section of that episode for sure. Oh, right. Yeah. Um. So Juliet's like, well, you can't tell her because Ben wouldn't like it, which is why I feel like it would have been better if he had been like, can I just tell 
tell him? Or can right. I just tell everyone? Can I just tell them? You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. A little less confusing. Pronoun was weird. Yeah. <laughs> and so Goodman goes, ew, why? Because he had a has a crush on you? And she's like, oh my god, how did you know? And he's like, bro, everyone knows. <laughs> he's really weird about it. <laughs> And she goes, okay, well, you're not, like, worried about that? Like, it doesn't feel like an issue? And he's like, dude, I'm working with chemicals at the Tempest that could kill everyone. Like, he's not worried about us, you know? Like, he, there are so many other things for him to be worried about. It's it's fine, right? So this sort of, like... I don't know. He's a good multitasker. Yeah. And, like, we already know that he had a chemical burn before, and we know that the Tempest that we learn about in the Island storyline is, like, all about chemicals and stuff. So we mm-hmm. put together, especially based on, um like, the fact that these two flash... Like, the, these flashbacks and the Island storyline are together in the same episodes, so you can really put, put that together, that that's where Goodwin worked. Yeah. So Julia says, what if he gets upset? And Julia <laughs> Goodman goes, what do you think he's going to do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, buddy. So clearly not everyone knows about like the purge and how Ben basically killed all of Dharma. Yeah. Like what's Ben going to do? He's just some bug eyed guy. Like <laughs> he's just <laughs> some dude. Guy. Right? Yeah. That's funny. And very ignorant of Goodwin. Yeah. So. Yeah. So now we go into literally the third time that we've seen this scene of the plane breaking in midair. And I love it so much because we get new information every single time we see the scene. So cool. Exactly. It's so cool. Yeah, I love that. So Ben sees this and he goes, ah, my moment's put Goodwin in danger. And he goes and tells Goodwin to go to the tail section. And Goodwin looks over at Juliet and Goodwin's face sort of goes, ah, damn it. Um, He did something about it. <laughs> I said I wasn't gonna, he wasn't gonna, but then uh, he did. And that's mm-hmm. on me. That's my bad. Do you think he knows in that moment that like Ben's setting him up? That he's gonna die. For like failure? I do. Yeah? I think that Goodwin has enough faith in himself that, the thing is that like Goodwin is not out here being like an actor or something. He's one of the chemical guys. Mm-hmm. He's like one of these science guys. I mean, he does a great job. They must all be, I don't know, trained in the theater, I guess. <laughs> They all but like Ethan was a right, but like Ethan was a doctor. Yeah, sending out one of your only doctors, bad move. Oh, so true. To be honest, but they were sending Ethan out. Hmm, this is interesting because they were sending Ethan out probably because of Claire, but they didn't know that Claire was on that plane yet right. when he sent Ethan, and they didn't know she was on that side either. Yeah, right. They didn't know what side she was on. Yeah, interesting. Either way, I just think that that Ethan choice was weird because he's also not an actor, I guess. Unless, uh huh. Unless, yes. <laughs> ben got a call from Mikhail that said, hey, there is this incoming plane coming. Do you want to do something about it? Uh-huh. And Ben was like, this seems like the perfect opportunity to get rid of Goodwin. Crashes the uh-huh. plane, sees where the head goes and the tail goes. And he's like, aha, I have already memorized the whole uh, manifest. I know that there is a pregnant woman on that side so i'm gonna send my doctor over there and i know that the tail side is uh probably just a bunch of bad people and Mm -hmm. he sends goodwin there to go die i don't know what if he orchestrated the whole thing i mean it's possible but unfortunately casey we know who did who downed the plane Mm. and his name is desmond i know i know but like what if (laughs) ben like actually did it like actually Uh caused it i don't know 
I don't know. Interesting. I don't know. Maybe not, but maybe. I'm just saying Ben's capable of a lot. I mean, he is capable of a lot. That's true. I feel like if he orchestrated it, a lot of things went a really particular way in that on that day. But yeah, it's definitely, I think, a coincidence, potentially, that Ethan just ends up being over there with the pregnant girl. Mm-hmm. I think he just saw the first... Because I think there are other choices. He just kind of saw yeah. the first opportunity where he can put Goodwin somewhere where he's not safe, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's like, I don't know what to do about this yet, but if I put you over there, I can figure something out. Yeah. Yeah, because somebody who I know is trained in the theater... <laughs> is named Tom Friendly. He knows how to put on spirit gum and his Mm -hmm. fake beard and everything. Mm -hmm. But they use him for something else later, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) But this is the last time that Juliet and Goodwin, like, see each other alive, I would think. Yeah. You know, I don't think she sees him again. Not until he's dead. Yeah. Yeah, and then... Harper looks at Juliet knowing that this is the consequence she was talking about and it's mm-hmm. real awkward. She's yeah. like, my husband's dead now and it's your fault. I told you. He fully leaves oh without boy. even looking at her. It's a very I told you so look. Yeah. Oh boy, another scene I absolutely hate for Juliet. Mm-hmm. Ben lets Juliet in for dinner and he goes back to get the ham and she's like, hey, I brought some dinner rolls and how are you? And he's like, I'm great. <laughs> Even though we know he currently has a spinal tumor. And she goes, okay, well, it smells good. And she looks at the table and there are only two placements. And it's not even like at both ends. It's like on a corner. Ew. Uh. (laughs) Cringe, cringe, cringe. Disgusting. I hate it. So he goes and like it keeps taking out food. And she goes, um, I thought this was a dinner party. And he goes, yeah, for two people. Oops. I guess I didn't make that clear. I definitely wasn't tricking you. I probably should have spoken a little bit more about this. Ew, ew, ew. Oops, communication. My bad. Ew. Disgusting. And she's like, oh, no, I just, I just brought so many rolls, though. (laughs) (laughs) Like, now they're just all gonna go to waste. And he's like, that's fine. I love rolls. And she's like, okay. Like, dude, you lied by omission. Like, it's never not creepy to do something like this. Something like this happened to my friend once (gasps) in college, and it was, she's like, it was not good. Ew. Yeah, that's yeah that's so manipulative gross it was like like literally thanksgiving (gasps) and she was like yeah she was here like in red deer and like wasn't driving home for thanksgiving and so this guy who also was in our class was like you can come over to my house for thanksgiving being making it seem like i don't know his family was going to be there or other people were going to be there or something and she showed up and guess who was there just him no and a basket of dinner rolls yeah and she showed up with a bunch of dinner rolls (laughs) (laughs) she was like well this is far too many dinner rolls yeah exactly exactly anyway horrible how are we gonna eat all of these before they go stale yeah yeah so ben is carving the ham ew that's so gross oh interesting on lostpedia it said ben is listening to the same opera music that juliet listens to while eating ice cream with goodwin so we did know that she sometimes listens to opera music oh but it was probably just that one time yeah (laughs) like hey i know you listened to the song once so i'm assuming it's your whole personality you're a fan right yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he says, oh my gosh, you've been so great with Zach and Emma. So clearly this has been within like the past few months, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she goes, yeah, they're great, but they keep asking about their mom. And he's like, yeah, eventually they'll just stop. And she goes, <laughs> uh. <laughs> Do you know anything about parenting at all? Do children like really belong here? Yeah. <laughs> Should children really like be here? And this is me continuing to wonder about Carl and Alex, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that Alex was on the, has been on this island her whole life, but like, I'm still, still waiting for the Carl lore. I know. 
No clue. Bring it up. So he goes, well, they're on the list, so I'm not going to question it. <laughs> I didn't make the list, you know? <laughs> and she goes, okay, well, now that we have everyone on the list from the tail, like, when is Goodwin going to come back? Because it's been three weeks that he's been gone. And he, like, stops and starts carving again. He's, like, annoyed that she's bring up, bringing up Goodwin. And he's like, well, I'm going to bring up another lady friend of Goodwin's then. Ew. So he says, well, she wa- he wants to bring in this lady, like, Anna Lucia. He thinks she'll be, like, valuable, but, like, I don't get it. And honestly, he feels, like, inappropriately passionate about it. Ew, ew, ew. And Juliet's like, I'm not even going to fall for this. She goes, I mean, after we lost Ethan, it's like a bit of a risk. And so I think she means like to leave Goodwin out there after they've already got all the list yeah. people. Mm-hmm. However, on Lostpedia, it said, during Juliet and Ben's dinner conversation, it is stated that Goodwin had been with the tail section survivors for three weeks and that Ethan had already been killed. According to the timeline, Ethan was killed on day 29, more than four weeks after infiltrating the beach camp, although this could be chalked up to Juliet simply losing track of time. Also, according to the timeline, though he wasn't found until after, Goodwin actually died two days before Ethan. Oh, what? But it also says, Juliet's exact words are, after losing Ethan, it's a risk. It could therefore be inferred that the losing refers to the main section survivors exposing Ethan and the other's subsequent loss of him as a spy. Oh. That's a stretch, but it makes it make more sense. Yeah. So, yeah. Oops. Little timeline oops. Oh, well. You know, time isn't real. Yeah. Especially not on this island. Especially, yeah. <laughs> so Ben goes, yeah. So Ben goes, um, no, he's staying there. And soon as this island will be over because he will be dead. <laughs> Due to death. Ben, I think, like, yeah. Ben <laughs> can basically tell that, like, eventually Goodwin's going to be found out and they're going to kill him. Like, he's like, no, he's staying there until he's murdered, for sure. Yeah. And then, yeah, like I said, Michael Emerson is just so good at this, like, weird, hopeful, attempted flirting. Like, it's so mm. jarring to watch. You're like, ugh. It's so gross. gross. Gross, but the amount to which it disgusts me is just a is high com- commendation of his talents. hundred Yes, for sure. So Juliet's back at the medical office. She's like reading something and Ben comes in and he's like, what are you reading? And she's like, oh, I'm reading Jack's file. Mikhail brought it over and look, he's, dude, he's a spinal surgeon. Like he has experience with removing tumor- tumors. Like he could help you. And Ben's like, oh yeah. <laughs> she's like, uh, are you excited? Like, and he's like, no, I have to tell you something. Come with me. I, cause first of all, Ben's probably like, I already know about that. And second of all, I'm being grim about this right now because I know that I have information that you do not have and I need to make it seem like I'm not excited and I'm very sad about it. We want to talk about a good actor. Yeah. He's like, I can't, <laughs> Look at that can't guy. speak about this. <laughs> so they hike to where Goodwin's body was left by Anna. Yep. She just like left him there, which is like fair. I mean, he was a, he was a spy. He was really yeah. screwing them over. So she's like, bye. So do we think that Ben's plan the whole time was to just let Goodwin be found out? Or did he, like, go back and forth with, do I do something? Like, how did he know that this would end as badly as it did? Or did he? Mm. I don't know. I don't know if he knew, but I do think that he hoped. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily. I mean, because either way, with our survivors, they, you know, infiltrated Ethan and they weren't supposed to know that there were others, but like literally on like night two, (laughs) others were coming in and snatching people from from the tailies, right? So there was no, hmm, interesting. No, here's what he did. He orchestrated that because like Ethan, they wanted him to still be like inside and everything, but they immediately came in and made it very clear 
that there were other people on this island. Right, 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 right. Night two, so that they would be, like, the Tailies would be suspicious and know that somebody who has this list of people who says our names and what we're wearing, somebody in this camp knows is one of the others. So, like, he was sowing seeds of suspicion in, like, immediately over there to try and get... That is so genius and malicious and like masterful very bad he's like yeah i could just kill this guy or i could play psychological torture on all these people and get them to kill him well that makes total sense with him like especially i just recently rewatched man from tallahassee with my parents you guys know that i have been rewatching lost episode by episode uh with my parents and we recently watched man from tallahassee and you know ben wants he doesn't want Jack and Juliet to leave on the sub, but he can't kill Jack or whatever, you know? So he gets other people to do what he wants to do so that he can get what he wants Mm-hmm. Done. Keep his hands oh. clean, basically. So it's like, yeah, he wants Goodwin to die, but he can't kill Goodwin. Or did I say Goodwin? Yeah, he wants Goodwin to die, but he can't kill Goodwin himself. So he's going to manipulate everything so that somebody else kills Goodwin. Oh my god! So that either way, his goal of Goodwin being dead happens. He is so insane, and I love him mm-hmm. for it. <laughs> fully, fully. So they get to Goodwin's body, and Ben says the tail section left the beach. Tom and Danny were tracking them and found this. Bum, bum, bum. The most messed up way possible to let her know that somebody's dead. Yeah. Tom and Danny also both dead. Yeah. <laughs> and I wonder if that's true. I feel like it has to be because Juliet could go and like ask Tom about that. Yeah. You know, so I assume that that is true. And Ben, you know, they probably told him Ben was like, nice. So <laughs> she sees his body and she starts crying and it looks bad. Ooh. Like staked mm-hmm. in the heart, fully flies all over him. Yuck, bad, gross. Yeah, it's nasty. I don't know how she gets so close to him. It's gross. I honestly feel like- He's Fully touching his face and everything. Everything. That was not a fresh body. Oh, dude, dude, she touches his face and then she touches her own face. Ah! Ew. It was my nightmare. I have every time I watch it, I'm like, whoa, no. Ooh. But I honestly feel like in the heat on that island, it should look worse. Ew, Way worse. Ew. You know? Ew, I didn't even think about the heat. Oh, gross. No. You know? Oh, no, 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 no. Like, depending on how long it's been, but like, ugh. Ugh, not good. Ugh, disgusting. I mean, there's only so much they can do to an actual human to make them look dead, you know? <laughs> like, that was actually the guy who plays Goodwin. They're ugh. pretending to be dead, so... You know, there's only so much you can do, but yeah, she touches his face anyway, even though he looks like trash. And <laughs> she says, what happened? And he goes, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, girl. Nobody saw, like, they must Did have somehow, <laughs> somehow found out that he wasn't one of them. I don't know, Juliet. I guess you were right. <laughs> that it was a risk to have him out here. My bad. That's so weird. None of us could have seen this happening. Oops, I should have listened to you. So she's like, why did you bring me out here? And he goes, oh, instead of his wife? Ooh. <laughs> Harsh. So she goes, wait a second. <laughs> you knew this would happen. <laughs> I love every time Juliet yells at Ben, uh, I'm snapping. It's yep. poetry. Yep. Snaps. Beautiful. You knew this would happen. You wanted him to die. And Ben's like, uh, why would you say this to me after everything I do for you and after everything I do to keep you here? And he says... Why don't you understand that you're mine? Ew. Eternal gag. Ew. Horrible. Disgusting, disgusting. 
disgusting. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Like, and you can tell by his facial expression that he's surprised that he said that out loud. Mm. That was an inside thought that he accidentally <laughs> said, I feel like. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Those are inside thoughts, buddy. Yeah. You don't say that out loud. But he's like, anyway, take your time. <laughs> he's like, anyway, take your time. Bye. And he like walks away. Yeah, it's kind of funny. You Like, he does kind of like instantly realize that he like for once said something he shouldn't have yeah something that wasn't a lie yeah oh yeah yeah this i like this episode however this like ben and juliet stuff has always felt a little strange to me because Mm -hmm. in all the scenes with ben and juliet in season three i never saw this coming like i never saw this Really? Until now, you know? Ben has sort of been really controlling of Juliet, but we've never seen him, like, have feelings for her. Yeah, Ben doesn't have feelings. Or anything. That's why it's so weird. Right. (laughs) Period. (laughs) And we don't see them together much after this, if at all. Like, in the actual timeline. So, yeah, I don't know. And also, like, I always want to bring up, like, Harper saying, yeah, you you look just like her. And we don't even know who that is. But as yeah. if, like, that's the reason why she's his. But we don't know who she is. Who does she look like? I don't know. But anyway, so I guess my... I just have, like, a complaint about, like, how weird Ben is about Juliet. Because, like, I guess it would be less weird if he just, like, felt... I guess, like, the romantic feelings are the thing that's weird to me. Yeah, but yeah. I feel like even in, throughout yeah. this episode, it doesn't really feel romantic it still feels like it's about control kind of thing exactly yeah Yeah, that's like mm -hmm. because i don't he's not like tender or anything towards her he's just like here are things like me now you know it's like very transactional yeah yeah Yeah. i agree it's it's weird because it really like i just don't think ben is capable of like being (laughs) lovey-dovey yeah i wonder who he tells i guess he tells alex that her her mom is dead right so Mm -hmm. i don't know but either way i guess like him being controlling of her was not surprising to me but it's the romance i think is like that's a little Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah is there anything that you guys want to talk about about the flashes before we have our break here um i would just love to say that i love juliet and ben makes me cringe great agree with that wholeheartedly yeah so before we get into the island storyline, um, I'm going to talk to you guys real quick about Patreon. Uh, Patreon is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaficionados, and we got some pretty cool stuff on there. Um, at the $1 a month level, you get early access to every single podcast. Um, this one comes out a whole week in advance, so I don't know. It seems pretty worth it to me. Um, the $2 a month gets you to our Discord server. Um, $5 is 10% off at three different small businesses, including mine and Casey's. Um, and the $10 level is our Patreon only podcast that comes out every two weeks that I don't know, a lot of people seem to really like, I'm just saying. So they should do it. I'd really appreciate your help over there. Um, if not, go ahead and check out those small businesses. They are in the description. And, uh, other than that, you can just recommend us to a friend because that's free and it still helps. Thanks. Woohoo. So now we're going to go into the island storyline, and I did the summary for that one. Juliet fixes her tent, and Sun helps. Jack's looking for Charlotte and Dan because he can't find the sap phone. Jin saw them go off into the jungle. They make a search party to go out and find them. Juliet instead gets found by former social enemy Harper Stanhope. <laughs> former social enemy? <laughs> it's true. She tells Juliet that she needs to go to kill Dan and Charlotte because they're going to release the gas of the Tempest and kill everyone. Jack sees her and freaks out, but then she magically disappears. Juliet and Jack chat about it later. Dan and Charlotte take a break by the stream when Kate shows up. She explains what's up with Miles, but she's suspicious of them. She looks in Dan's bag and sees the gas mask. Charlotte knocks her out. 
We have another scene of Jack and Juliet just like talking a little bit um, until they find Kate. Jack wants to stay with her and make sure she's okay, but Juliet stealthily sneaks off because they don't have time for this. Jack and Kate track her to catch up. She tells Jack that the freighter people know about her past. Juliet gets to the Tempest, which has been broken into. She heads inside with her gun drawn. There's a bunch of crazy stuff happening inside and Juliet confronts Dan at the computer. He seems annoyed that she's there. <laughs> She tries to get him to stop, but he's like, bro, I literally can't. Sorry, please don't shoot me. Charlotte confronts her and they fight about it while Dan just like stands there trying to focus on his thing. Charlotte explains that they're not trying to kill everyone. They're trying to make it so that no one can use it again because Ben's done it before and he might do it again. Juliet stops fighting and Dan is able to fix it just in the nick of time. Juliet and Charlotte exit just while Jack and Kate catch up. Charlotte goes inside with Kate to show her what they did. Juliet says that Ben is very powerful and something might happen to Jack because she cares about him and he kisses her and he isn't afraid. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Ew, jacket. Mm. <laughs> Cute. I do think that there is a world where Jack and Juliet really worked, like, but... I'm saying it, we'll get yeah. to my hot take. Okay, okay, right, right, right. I'm so excited. Okay. <laughs> so, Juliet fixing her shelter at night, and there's a bunch of thunder so they can tell that it's gonna rain. Sun offers to help, and... Juliet says it's okay, but she helps anyway, and they fix it, and Sun says, why are we even doing this if we're about to leave? And Juliet's like, well, I still gotta sleep somewhere tonight, and apparently it's gonna rain, so <laughs> I'm like, good point. Jack shows up, and he says that Charlotte's stuff is all gone, and Juliet's like, oh, well, you have the phone still? And he's like, nope. <laughs> Sure Great, don't. thanks. So Jin says in Korean, I saw Charlotte and Faraday go into the jungle. And Sun translates. And Jack's like, uh, and you didn't say anything? And Sun says back to Jin in Korean, why didn't you tell anyone? And Jin says, uh, I thought they were friends. Like, they can do whatever they want, right? Because we're friends with them. And Jack's like, damn, yeah, I did say that, huh? Oh my god. Oops, yeah, my bad. Um, And Sun's like, are they not? Are they not our friends? <laughs> this would be news. I feel weird and bad about all this, but okay. So Jack hands out torches to people, including Juliet, Jin, and Sun. Maybe just them, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading my notes and I was like, okay, Juliet, Jin, and Sun are definitely there. And then I was like, is that it? Did they, is That's anybody it. else helping? I. It doesn't look like it. And like fully, <laughs> Sun and Jin say bye for like the rest of the episode. Who knows what Jin and Sun did? I don't know. No clue. But they fan out to search for a trail and Juliet ends up by herself and she starts hearing whispers and and some whisper transcripts include, is that the other woman? Oh my God. Iconic. And quite a few mentions of someone named Sarah. Hmm. I don't know. But then Harper shows up and she's behind her and she goes, hey, it's been a while. How are you doing? And Juliet goes, hey, what? <laughs> what? How? Why? And Harper says, hey, so I got a message for you. Um, ben says that Faraday and Lewis are headed to the Tempest and everyone will die if they deploy the gas. So here's what they're doing is that they're putting it in Juliet's head that they're trying to hurt them. Yep. Because I'm sure that Ben or somebody knows that what they're actually wanting to do, which is to make it so that they can't ever use the gas again. Mm -hmm. But they're putting it in Juliet's head that they're trying to to hurt them so that hopefully she'll just come in and won't ask any questions and we'll just kill them. Oh, she is so not a therapist. That is so emotionally mm -hmm. so manipulative. True. And maybe, maybe she is. And that's how she knows to, I don't know <laughs> how to manipulate people. Who knows? Disgusting. But Juliet's like, okay, well, why don't you stop them then? And she's like, oh, Ben wants you to do it. And she's like, I'm busy. <laughs> 
little busy at the she's like he she's like isn't ben literally a prisoner right now like literally how could he know that and she says that he is exactly where he wants to be which weirdly enough is exactly what miles said in Eggtown. he said that miles is exactly like miles miles said himself he's exactly where he wants to be so they both i don't know want to be prisoners oh. or something so juliet goes what am i supposed to do about it and harper says uh kill him and that's when jack shows up and he goes who are you <laughs> And she goes, oh, I'm an old friend of Juliet's. She knows where your people who you're looking for are, and you and your gun should also go. <laughs> nice. What are you doing here? I came to deliver a message from Ben. The two people you're looking for, Faraday and Lewis, they're headed to the Tempest. And if they figure out how to deploy that gas, then everyone on this island is going to die. Why don't you stop them? Because Ben wants you to go. How can Ben possibly know where they are when he's a prisoner? Ben is exactly where he wants to be. How am I supposed to stop them? By pointing the gun and pulling the trigger. Hey! Who are you? I'm an old friend of Juliet's. I just told her where the people you're looking for are headed. Maybe you and your gun can go too. It's like pretty clear that this entire scene is ADR because of all of the rain. Yeah. But then you start hearing whispers again and some of the transcripts said, Sarah, it's someone we know. I'm not answering. Answer them. We have our answer. And can we trust her? Sometimes these whispers are cool and then other times you're just like, I don't know what that means. Well, now I'm just like... These are just some words you said, you know? Is them bringing up Sarah supposed to indicate that Sarah is the person Juliet looks like? I mean, we know that she does look like Sarah and that's yeah. why she was talking to Jack, but it doesn't... Like, like, Sarah has nothing to do with Ben, you know what I mean? Mm. I know. And also, I don't think that the, the whisper transcripts are canon anyway. Like, Damon and Carlton did not... Oh, I thought they... I thought, wait, they're not? Well, Damon and Carlton didn't write the whispers. Oh, okay. You know, like, I don't think the writer's room wrote the whispers. I think that the whispers- Was that just, like, the, the audio people being, like, let's be special? If I had to guess, yeah. Let me <gasps> go on to Lostpedia and go on the whispers and see if they say anything about this. Which I would love because no spoilers, Daisy Jones and the Six on Amazon Prime, mm -hmm. there was an interview with the makeup artist who did something super intentional in the finale that like I you super would not pick up on I don't think but then you hear her say it and you watch the finale and you're like oh my god and I just love the little ways that like this makeup artist found a way to make her work so significant to the story mm -hmm. and now I'm just like oh so are the audio people like let's find our own way to be significant to this story you know that's what it made me think yeah maybe yeah I always love when people who um are behind the scenes really get to have like a really important and special like part of the story yeah know? or even if like it's not a big thing in the scheme of the whole story they still do things that like make meaning and, yeah like they find their own way to be to stand out or like
like have a role. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. cute. Yeah, it doesn't say anything about them being canon. So unclear. But I wouldn't think so because some of them you're just like, what? That doesn't make any sense. You right. know what I mean? Like, I think that it's possible that at some point Carlton and Damon could have been like, okay, do whatever you want for the whispers, but can you make sure this is in there? Okay. Or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, for example, in Outlaws, when they had, when he had to hear it'll come back around. Yeah. I think that would make sense. You know, the part that, yeah. Yeah. Like they have a handful of things they definitely need to have in there, but then, you know, yeah. do whatever for the rest. I can see that. But then they look around and Harper's gone. But I mean, in my opinion, Harper definitely wanted Jack to see her or else she would have like disappeared beforehand, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I think I think she was meant to be seen by Jack. Yeah, I think so too. Or else she wouldn't have been. On Lastpedia, we're going to talk about The Tempest, uh, which is uh, the title of a William Shakespeare play, um, first published in 1623. Whoa. <laughs> Those are both numbers. Yeah. It tells the story of the sorcerer Prospero and his daughter Miranda who are stranded on a mysterious desert island that has mystical properties. Prospero raises a storm or tempest which causes a passing ship containing his enemies to run aground. Using magic, spirits, and a man-beast creature named Caliban, he separates and manipulates the survivors of the wreck for his own purposes. The play ends with Prospero restored to his former glory. I have read The Tempest and I've also seen The Tempest done and it's pretty good and I also love that, you know, it takes place on a mysterious desert island just like this show. I read The Tempest in college Mm -hmm. and I could not tell you a single detail from it aside from what you just said. Okay. (laughs) But now I kind of feel like I want to go back and read and see it now that I've watched Lost. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'd have a greater appreciation for it. Oh yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. So there are a couple of these sort of like transition scenes where it's just Juliet like sort of talking to Jack while they're walking and they're like pretty short, you know, so they're kind of like weird little scenes, but Juliet says to Jack that they're going to the Tempest and let's not talk about it for your safety. And Jack's like, uh, no, you better start talking right now. And she goes, okay, so whatever, it's your funeral. Um, it's the electrical station that powers the island. And, you know, this is fun because recently, or sorry, in The Man from Tallahassee, which is recent to me, Locke asks Ben where they get their power and Ben says that it's two giant hamsters running on <laughs> wheels. Um, so now we finally get an answer of how they got, how they get their power. So Jack says, why are they going there? And Juliet says, well, you just promised that you will help me. And Jack doesn't even answer, but she just like, is like, okay, I'll take that as a yes. We can, let's just catch them up. If, if we, if we walk all night, we can catch them. So thanks for helping me. In the morning, we're with Dan and Charlotte and Dan is looking at the map and he's like, what if I can't do it? And Charlotte's like, I know you can, let's just go. And basically he says, what if I can't do it? As in like, he can't figure out the password. He can't do the computer stuff. But to us who just saw Harper say they're trying to kill everybody, it reads like, what if I can't kill everybody on this island? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I right. picked up on that. Yeah. So then Kate shows up and Charlotte almost shoots her, but then Dan's like, stop. Okay, it's okay. It's Kate. Who is like his buddy, I guess. <laughs> and um, Kate has no idea that they're like in trouble or that like, you know, Jack and Juliet are on their tail or anything. She's just like hanging out, heading back from Eggtown and everything because Locke just like made her leave. And so she fills up her water bottle and explains that like Miles is fine because she didn't didn't see Locke put a grenade in his mouth or anything. You know, so she's like, yeah, he's good. It's, yeah. it's chill. <laughs> Aren't you guys supposed to be with like Jack's team? Like, what are you guys doing? And Charlotte says, well, Jack wanted to talk to Saeed and Desmond, but the phone is out of juice. So, and then Kate looks over and sees in the bag, the 
the light is on, it totally <laughs> fully has power, right? Huh, that's an interesting thing. Something that we had been talking about, like, recently was, like, how the thing works. Because we had, like, thought about how it might be solar powered at some point. Mm-hmm. But clearly not. It, it does have a this, battery this or something. I don't know. I'm not going to pretend that it matters that much about how this works. So Charlotte says, anyway, we're going to go get extra batteries from the bag we threw out of the helicopter. And she goes, well, if you don't have any bags, then how do you have some right now? <laughs> then explain this bag. <laughs> and Dan goes, I, I borrowed this. Oh my God. He's such a terrible liar. <laughs> he's like, what is literally the only thing I can think of? Uh, I took it from somebody I, else. Gave it I, to but me. he doesn't even say he like stole it or anything. He's like, no, no, no. Said, I, I borrowed it. I'm, I, I borrowed this. I'm going to give it back once I have my bag back. Oh my God. He's <laughs> such a terrible liar. It has sentimental value to me. Yeah. So she goes, okay, can I look? And Char- and Dan, of course, is like, Ugh, I wish you wouldn't. And then Charlotte's like, no. <laughs> Oh yeah, go ahead. So she sees the masks and Charlotte knocks her out and Dan's like, dude, stop doing this. And Charlotte's like, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So we go back to another Jack and Juliet walking transition scene and Jack asks who that was, which is like weird that it took him several hours to ask about (laughs) who Harper was. This random woman in the jungle. Yeah. And I love that he's like, who was that? She goes, oh, it's Harper. And Jack's like, more context, please. (laughs) I'm actually looking for a little more information a little bit more yeah so were you guys friends she's like no not really she was my therapist and he's like what and she goes it's very stressful being another absolutely iconic juliet moment so funny yeah absolutely iconic juliet is a comedian yeah but we don't appreciate that enough in her oh for sure and he says well she seemed hostile for a therapist and you know the word hostile being brought up again obviously is important but juliet's like i'm glad we're on the same page i also don't care for her (laughs) (laughs) good so you agree she's a bit so she says anyway you probably don't want to talk about some things from your life so i don't really want to talk about things from my life and he's like yeah but you know all the things from my life anyway because of like the file that you had on me Mm. and she's like well you don't want to see my file and he's like okay well maybe i do like (laughs) (laughs) and and what if i do and what if i do what will you do about it so then there are several scenes in between this and we go back to you guessed it jack and juliet still walking (laughs) and jack's like should we not have caught up with them by now and juliet's like i don't know i guess they're crafty whatever and they find Kate waking up from being knocked out. So Jack runs over because he's a doctor and he also has a crush on Kate. And he gets up and helps her. And Juliet says she's gonna go get water. Mm-hmm. And this is really, really smart of Juliet because clearly she's like, we don't have time for this. But if she goes, Jack, we don't have time to help Kate. We should just go. Jack's gonna like fight with her about it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, we don't have time for that either. So she just like leaves, basically. It's smart of her. Yeah, she's a girl on a mission. Yeah. So Kate explains to Jack that she was going back to the beach and then she found Faraday and Charlotte and then Charlotte hit her and Jack's like oh my gosh we've been trying to catch them um because they're going to the power station or whatever. Kate explains that they had gas masks and Jack's like oh crap I should tell Juliet about that. Turns around <laughs> Juliet is <laughs> not there and Juliet of course is like I know about like the chemicals from what Harper said and about sleeping with Goodwin who worked there so like she knows it's really important for her to get there and she just bounced. Yeah she's smart. Yeah. You think they have like vanishing classes for the others? They just practice. Gotta right? They must they must (laughs) they're trained in the theater and magic yeah (laughs) honestly i'm interested i would love to see their school curriculum yeah right right it's like here's a lesson on magnetism here's a lesson on acting here's a lesson on how to vanish into that bush behind you (laughs) yeah exactly and how to make weird whispers happen and then at the end you graduate and you become a therapist Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yeah so kate is tracking juliet and she says 
says that she's able to tell. Now listen, I don't know stuff about tracking, but how can you tell that Faraday and Charlotte came through half an hour before Juliet? Like, I just don't know how you can, how you can tell the timing of stuff. Yeah, I'm not an expert on tracking, but like, there's not a way to know minutes ago. Like, am I wrong? Like, maybe you can tell like, oh, these tracks are like pretty old, maybe like a month. You can't tell what happened 30 minutes ago. Yeah, right, exactly. So Jack's like, hey, what happened at Locks? Like, why did you stay? And Kate said that she had to find out if the freighter people know who she is and that she like is wanted for murder and stuff. And Jack's like, oh, cool. Yeah. So did you figure it out? She's like, yeah, they do. So that sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, fair reaction. It was a bummer. Fair reaction. She's like, it was a bummer to find out. Well, so anyway, so Juliet finds the Tempest and it's up really high on the hill. It's like a really obviously man-made building. So I have no idea why our people hadn't found it before. I assume just because it was like high up on a hill or something. I don't know. Yeah, kind of like deep in the island or something. I don't know. Yeah. So she gets there and the electric door switch is broken. So she opens the door manually and she leaves her bag, draws her gun and heads in. On Lostpedia, fun fact. Yep. The scenes of the Tempest station were shot at Cooper battery, a World War II coastal defense gun battery on the south side of Kualoa Ranch. Just after filming on October 24th, 2007, fans photographed the settings, which included the new wave-like Dharma logo, or the new wave-like Dharma logo, so the the logo that is the Tempest, and Mm. a lot of large prehistoric bones and eggs. This led to various rumors, which later turned out to be utterly false, because the bones, everybody thought that the bones were like an introduction of dinosaurs on Lost, but it (laughs) turned out it was just remnants of Jurassic Park. Oh my. Because Jurassic Park had also shot there. (laughs) Imagine if Lost had dinosaurs. Like Lost Jurassic Park crossover win. Hurley would be so vindicated. (laughs) Give me the crossover. Hurley would be like, I've been saying. (laughs) Stop. That would be so funny. Imagine like the crew from Jurassic Park just like butts heads with Jack and Juliet and they're like, whoa, where did you guys come from? They're like, oh, we're trying to stop uh, these people from releasing this toxic gas on this island. And the Jurassic Park people are like, oh man, there's a bunch of dinosaurs behind us. (laughs) Like, okay, so we have more problems. That'd be so funny. I'd watch it. I feel like I feel like Hurley and Paolo would just like do a fist bump because we I recently rewatched Expose and Paolo also brings up the fact that it could be the monster could be dinosaurs. So oh my god, they would be like, we were right. They'd be so vindicated. Yeah. So Juliet gets in there and she hears you know that automated voice and um, the computer is switching from automated to manual, which is unauthorized. They deny the override. So that's what Dan is trying to do is like override this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Juliet sees someone in a hazmat suit working at the computer and there's a bunch of errors on the screen because Dan, I, get, I don't know, doesn't know the code or something. Juliet heads down there and the computer says repeated attempts to access storage tanks will result in, contamina- in contamination. So I guess that's what they don't want is for the contamination to happen because I assume there's like the chemical reaction of it is what kills people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my guess. Yeah, science. Yeah. So Juliet points her gun and Dan turns around and he's like, dude, (laughs) I really love how he says it, that he's not just like, oh my God, Juliet. Like he's literally just like, Juliet, what are you doing? Damn it. Go away. Like, and it's nice because he just doesn't want Juliet to get hurt. And also like, he doesn't want everybody to get hurt. He's just like, if you guys weren't fighting in the background, I could have done this faster and not with like one second to spare. Please go away. Exactly. He's so annoyed of like people trying to come between his like 
plans that are actually saving everyone. Yeah. It's like, dude, you gotta get better at lying then. (laughs) On Lostpedia, um, there's something about Telnet. So I guess this is the, like, computer program that Dan is using. So it says, Dan attempts to use Telnet to connect to and control a machine named uh, Tempest 4, but is denied access. This indicates the computer he's using may not directly control the engine components. The use of Telnet is typical for the 1970s and 1980s when the Dharma Initiative was active. Nowadays, SSH is the most commonly used protocol for accessing remote machines' command lines. Telnet is still used in router controls and still has military applications. Cool. Cool. That's a fun fact. I had no idea. I know nothing about this, so that is pretty cool. Sweet. So the computer starts yelling, hey, final warning here, guys, (laughs) just so you know. And it's interesting because it's the same sound as like the blast doors coming down in the hatch in season two. Oh, I didn't even catch that. It's that same like beeping sound. Yeah. And so Juliet says, step away. And Dan's like, dude, I'm so sorry. Like I would love to, but I really can't. And he just turns around and he keeps typing. He's like, (laughs) I really hope you don't shoot me because I won't be able to do anything about it. So she pulls off his mask and the computer says, hey, you have got one minute to contamination. And Juliet's like, you're trying to release the gas. Like if if you do that, you're going to have to die too because I'm taking off your mask. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm trying to make it so it doesn't work anymore. So that's when Charlotte shows up and she hits Juliet from behind and Juliet's gun goes and Dan's like, anyway, and he just keeps typing because he doesn't really have a choice. It's like, Charlotte, I really wish you would stop hitting people over the back of the head. Her go-to move is just a bludgeon, like... Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. It's harsh. Swinging. <laughs> exactly. So they're fighting and everything. You fully see Juliet's stunt double for a second. Like fully her <laughs> full face is, is on display. I was wondering if this fight counts as a Bechdel test win. Mm. Oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't think it does. I do wonder if some of the uh, Juliet and Harper scenes might have like that first scene, I think might be a win. I think like t- Technically speaking, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I think when we look at the tone, I mean, the entire (laughs) relationship between Harper and Juliet is based on Ben and Goodwin. Mm -hmm. It's true. That is true. Yeah, for sure. But technicality. Yeah. So this fight between Juliet and Charlotte, um, there is a Lost on Location for this episode, and the whole Lost on Location is about this fight. Nice. Liz and Bex were talking a lot about it, and they're like, so cute. They're like, I can't wait to fight you. I'll kick your ass. Hee hee. Like, they're so cute. (laughs) I love them. You guys should watch it uh just go on youtube and search lost on location the other woman and it's it's delightful so the stunt coordinator talks about choreographing 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 the fight (laughs) and these stunt women are absolutely destroying each other like they're like hey that's why stunt people get paid the big bucks because they're really hurting each other and it's so funny because like jeremy davies does not have a stunt person in the scene like he's watching these two stunt women absolutely (laughs) go at each other and he's just typing in the background (laughs) type 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 Oh boy, gotta keep typing. He's got priorities. Casey, you'll love this. So they had a little interview with Liz's stunt actor and she was talking about how great Liz is to work with. Oh, I believe it. Because she really wants to like get in there and like learn how to do the fights, which is awesome. And then Bex's stunt actor was saying that it really makes their job easier when the actors want to like get in there because then they can make them look like really extra badass. Oh. And I thought that was really nice. I love that. I love that. I love that. So now we're starting to be in the red zone here and the computer says contamination imminent, evacuate immediately, which is very, I don't know, Dalek of them. (laughs) And uh, so Juliet gets Charlotte's mask off and Charlotte like hits some equipment and Juliet falls down and Dan's just there like, hey, please stop fighting. Like just like an exasperated dad. Just like, "Ah, error, error, error. And Juliet points the gun at Charlotte. The computer says there's 20 seconds left. And she's like, you better tell him to stop. And Charlotte's like, we're trying to disable it before Ben can use it against us. Like, tell me you don't think that Benjamin Linus would kill everybody on this island. We know that he'd done it before. 
before, which is interesting because they know about the purge, mm-hmm. which, ooh, actually I have spoiler thoughts on that. Hold on. Because that's confusing because like, how would they know about it when clearly like Goodwin and people did not know about the purge, you know? Right. So that's a question that maybe we'll talk about in the spoiler section. But Charlotte says, you have to, you're gonna, if you want us to stop it, you're gonna have to shoot both of us, but then everybody on the island's gonna die. The computer says 10 seconds. Dan is like still working on it and it goes five, four, three, two, and then it finally works, which is like classic hatch countdown stuff. Um, And it's been a while since we've had like a really important countdown like that. Mm -hmm. On Lostpedia, it said Valve BC22 is being set using the computer in the Tempest. BC22, when converted from a hexadecimal number to a decimal number, gives 48162. Whoa. Sometimes I'm like, there's no way that was purposeful, but then like, how was it not? You know what I mean? Sometimes it's just crazy. So everyone just has like a sigh of relief and the indicator goes from red to green and it's like, that was really close. And the entire island almost died while Hurley and Sawyer were just playing horseshoes and they had no idea. (laughs) They had no idea they were almost going to die. Listen, that's not their problem. They needed a break. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's too much going on. (laughs) So Juliet and Charlotte leave the building and Kate and Jack like just show up and Kate like pulls a gun on her and Juliet's like it's okay we are actually still friends and Kate's like oh she knocked me out and Charlotte's like yeah sorry but like what else was I supposed to do though because you weren't gonna let us go <laughs> she had so many options <laughs> she's like that was my that was all I could do sorry the arms went swinging I don't know what to tell you yeah um but she says Dan is still inside and I'm happy to explain how we literally just saved everybody and Kate's like great let's go come on Jack and Jack's like no I believe them and Kate's like uh okay and the reason why he believes them is because Juliet believes them. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, I'll take their word, like because he's really taking Juliet's. So he basically is like, Kate, go away so I can have grown up adult time. <laughs> and so Juliet talks to Jack, and she's like, Ben told me to kill them both just to further his agenda. Like he's still manipulating me. And Jack's like, How did he do that? Juliet's like, I don't know. He knew how to get to me and where they were going and what they were doing. Like I don't know how he knew that. And they came here to go against him, and he's gonna win. Okay. He wanted me to kill them. Then he told me to kill both of them. How can he tell you anything? I don't know. But he knew how to get to me. And he knew where they were going and what they were doing. Don't you understand? These people came here to wage war against Ben. And Ben's gonna win, Jack. When he does, you don't want to be anywhere near me. Why not? Because he thinks that I'm his. And he knows how I feel about you. Wow! Yikes. A love confession. Yikes. Yikes. Mm-hmm. But it's subtextual. And this is honestly would be so romantic if it wasn't Jack. Yeah. 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 It even still is a little romantic being Jack, but like it would have been, it would have hit real hard if it was anybody else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It is a really romantic scene. And it was so romantic that Jack leans down and kisses Juliet and he says he knows where to find me, which is <sighs> like I said, it, he's not afraid. And like I said earlier, it's, he. I 
think that she likes that he didn't just blow her off because Jack knows how dangerous Ben is and it's easier for him to believe that he could do something, but Goodwin just thought she was being paranoid. Yeah, that's kind of my hot take is... Okay. I don't, I don't hate it. I don't, mm, <laughs> I don't, I don't hate Jack and Juliet in this moment. All right. Not in this moment. No, I agree. Yeah. In this moment. I, in this moment. Yeah. In this moment. Because. Yeah. Be. Because if we're in Juliet's headspace, mm-hmm. she has lost not just the people she's loved, she's lost her patience, mm-hmm. not like her, her patience, yeah. <laughs> but her, her patient people she worked on as a doctor, yes. Her patients, she is up to here with the patients. <laughs> she has lost so much. She is so emotionally isolated. The last time that she tried to protect someone she loved, he died. And yeah. now there's Jack. And she is seeing so much of what she saw in Goodwin in him. And Mm -hmm. she's just probably cycling through thinking the same exact thing is going to happen again. She's probably just seeing that image of Goodwin's body. And she's like, God, it's only a matter of time before that's Jack. And Jack says, Jack knows everything that Ben can do. And he says, well, I'm going to stick around and Mm -hmm. I'm not going anywhere. And that is everything Juliet needs to hear in that moment. She just needs a friend. She needs a friend. Mm -hmm. And Jack's being a friend in this moment. A little more so, but he's being a friend. Jack, thank you for being a friend. Uh, went went down the road and back, or bend down the road and back again. I don't know the lyrics, clearly. Close enough. Me either. Yeah. yeah. I think but, it's traveled down the road, but sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Traveled down that road. But yeah, my hot take is basically, I don't hate it in this moment. Yeah, no, I think that's a good take. I mean, I've Mm -hmm. been fairly vocal in season three about how like, in another world, Jack and Juliet would have worked really well. And I think that like in season three, Jack and Juliet are quite good together because they have so much in common. And like, as somebody who's absolute skate trash, like a thing that I really like about Sawyer and Kate is that they have so much in common. Mm. and like that's why they can really relate to each other and that's why I feel like Jack and Juliet really worked out and um yeah I didn't hate it either I think another thing that really works in this interaction compared to the one that she had with um Goodwin is that Jack has Mm -hmm. kind of seen what she's capable of and he knows that she can kind of stand her own whereas Mm. Goodwin's kind of just saw her in a more domestic environment if that makes sense like Juliet's a badass Mm -hmm. yeah that's so true and Jack knows that like push comes to shove she can handle herself but he'll be there for her too you know yeah oh damn yeah <laughs> not mad at it i agree and it's nice because now she's no longer the other woman mm-hmm. she's just the woman she's the woman oh <laughs> exactly and they have that like beautiful frame within a frame shot of their like from uh, inside the doorway of seeing them like kiss it's really lovely mm-hmm. yeah it's pretty good i guess it's a good shot <sighs> One and, moment. They have one moment, and that's it. Yeah. Listen, I can ship anything on this show if you, like, mm-hmm. give me a good enough reason to. Yeah, it's true. Is there anything else you guys wanted to say about the episode before we go into segments? Uh, I'd like to know where the hair salon on the island is, because Juliet's hair just kept progressively getting, like, nicer and nicer. Better. Right, mm-hmm. right. It doesn't make sense. That was, a like, a dry bar blowout. Like, she really... <laughs> the layers were there and if they have a therapist they must have a hairdresser they have to right yeah maybe that's that's how she got so close to amelia maybe yeah and hurley's hair like the curls were just immaculate like what products are you yeah. using yeah so true <laughs> i know claire and her like gorgeous bangs mm-hmm. hello yeah <laughs> one of them is a secret hairstyler i think yeah, it's locked yeah. mm, that would make sense he's just like mm-hmm. i need to practice on somebody that's not myself obviously yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
Perfect. So now we're going to go into segments. Our first segment is our favorite line award. Um, so my favorite line award goes to Ben and Locke for... I always have a point. Does it involve you raising $3.2 million? That's a lot of money. Wait. Maybe this will get you started. <laughs> Slides him a dollar. Very sarcastic, sir. Great stuff. Sassy. And I wanted to give an honorable mention to Locke and Claire for... John, I don't... You do remember what Charlie said about these people. All Charlie said was whose boat it isn't. Don't you want to know whose boat it is? I love that line. That is such a good line. I just think, I, and I think for Emily's only scene in the episode, she's just so good in it. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's a really good mm -hmm. line. Yeah. And my favorite line award goes to Julia and Jack for... She was my therapist. People are therapists? It's very stressful being another, Jack. Absolutely iconic. Absolutely. And valid. I'm, I mm -hmm. imagine it must be stressful being another. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know. There's a lot of manipulation so going on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, my favorite line award goes to Ben and Locke for... Rabbit today? What amount of chickens? <laughs> it's just so sassy. It's love so it. stupid. I love it. Sorry, I'll spice up the menu next time. Yeah, Locke, Locke is like, listen, I'm a chef. I don't know if I have time to be a hairdresser. Yeah. I'm obviously, I'm making everybody food. <laughs> I can't do it all. It's funny also because like at the end of uh, the barracks storyline, or I guess at the end of the episode, Ben says, see you guys at dinner. So like, you know, we saw in Eggtown, I think that Locke was like making dinner for everybody. <laughs> and I wonder if he does that every night. Oh my God. Oh my God. He must. It sort of feels like he does that. Like they have a group dinner every night, which is really sweet. I love. He that. must. Mm. He loves being a provider. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. All right. Uh, now it's time for man of science, man of faith. Do you guys think that Julia is more man of science or more man of faith this episode? Mm. I want to say man of faith because she's just okay. so naive throughout. Mm. You know, like she yeah. always expects that it's not going to be the worst, and it is. Uh -huh. Yeah, I think even though she's, you know, a scientist or researcher, she's mm -hmm. driven by her heart. Yeah. yeah. I sort of want to say that like in the present day storyline, she's sort of like similar to a man of science just because she seems to be so mm -hmm. analytical about everything. Uh, but then we see her in the past being so man of faith, which is why I think it's so cool that she like changes in that time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think she's been hardened by what she's seen on the island, mm -hmm. which kind of makes her be more analytical, more strategic and like like with jack right now she's seeing okay this is exactly what happened last time with goodwin i know how this yeah. is gonna end and i'm not gonna let it happen this time mm -hmm. but yeah. then unexpectedly yeah. jack acts and says well i'm not going anywhere and i think in that moment she's kind of brought back to her kind of faith-based self yeah you know as for hurley's walkman there is a italian i assume uh, opera that is called uh, One Fine Day. Um, the song Ben plays for Juliet at dinner is from the opera Madama Butterfly from 1904 by Giacomo Puccini. In the aria, Madama Butterfly, a young Japanese girl whose American husband left her after only one night of marriage and who, unbeknownst to her, has no intent to return, anticipates wow. the day his boat might someday come back to the harbor. Also, the first lines of the song refer to a plume of smoke. It says, One fine day we will see arising a strand of smoke over the far horizon on the sea Ooh, spooky that guy's a dick why would you want that guy yeah. back in your life <laughs> no kidding one night of marriage yeah. one day of marriage what's the point one night oh my god why would you wait for that psycho 
did they do the thing? <laughs> the thing is when they say the name of the episode in the episode. Weirdly enough, they did not do the thing this episode. The ep- the episode title had a million different meanings, but mm-hmm. they never said it. They never did. All right, guys. How likable is Jack this episode? Out of 10, well, how do you feel? Get ready. Mm-hmm. I'd give him a solid 8 out of 10. Ooh. Wow. I think that's the highest you've given him so far since we started this segment. That's the highest I've given him. That may be the highest I ever give him. <laughs> at least until like season six. But um, yeah. I think he's quite brave in a way <laughs> that isn't self-serving or like cocky, mm-hmm. which is oh, yeah. really what really grinds my gears with Jack is his yeah. major like need to be a hero and like that whole complex. But I, I think he's just like very genuine in this episode and especially with Juliet I I just admire his non-cowardice which Mm. is a change of pace courage courage if you will his (laughs) (laughs) non-cowardice I like your point about season six Jack and I just want everybody to know like no spoilers but also a little bit of spoilers um the finale how likable is Jack I'm giving I'm giving Jack a 10 out of 10 on the finale Mm -hmm. I'll give him a 42 out of 10 just so everybody's ready I'll give him a 108 out of 10 yeah I'll give him yeah see finale Jack we love finale Jack is the reason for our lost character bracket episode (laughs) it's true I'm still sorry I'm still sorry. Same. Dari, how likable is Jack this episode for you? I was gonna give him like a seven. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I feel like an eight would be too high. Just in general. That's Mm. so fair. That's valid. Yeah, but he was like barely annoying this episode. I think he was. He really wasn't in it too, too much. That's probably why. And like the time that he was in it, it wasn't too much about him either. It was like, he was figuring stuff out. So it's not like, yeah. The key to good guy Jack is just not having a lot of Jack in the episode. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He was was asking questions and he wasn't answering questions, which is what I like. Because when he asks questions, he needs the answers. But when he answers questions, he's just mansplaining. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to give him a seven as well. When he's being side character Jack and not main character Jack, that's good Jack. Absolutely. That's good Jack content. That's good Jack. Yeah. 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 I agree. Next section is asexual faraday question mark question mark question mark <laughs> yeah yep <laughs> nothing sure. saying otherwise nope and then there never will be mm-hmm. and like i'm sorry i'm sorry you're telling me that you turned around you saw elizabeth mitchell looking at you and you weren't just like <laughs> just turned back around you weren't just awestruck by her beauty you just went back to your little science you just turned back around just went back to a science Mm-hmm. That, yeah it's confirmed insane yeah yeah how many episodes since the last knockout guys our record that we just broke was six we are back to square one today at zero <laughs> since charlotte knocked out kate but the record is six i'll remember that thank charlotte yeah. for being just charlotte. so brutal with butchering people in the back of the head she tried to do two knockouts it was really going for it this episode she sure did she was going for two <laughs> she's yeah, like exactly. there are not enough people getting knocked out on this island and i can take yeah. care of that exactly exactly does this episode pass the Bechtel test? I'm gonna say yes. I think for that first episode, that, or God, I think for that first scene in the episode. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, I'm gonna say yes. Technically speaking, it's a yes. Like squeezed by. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But hey, when you can get it, you gotta get it because this show is so not often. Yeah. <laughs> the answer is so often a hard, hard no. The, no, the answer is so, the answer is so often, were there any women in this episode? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Did they talk to each other at all? No. We will take our crumbs. Yeah, exactly. And as I always say, there are other and sometimes more important little tests that you can do um, for, you know, media.
idea, but this is the one we have a segment for. So yeah. Great. Stay tuned for our segment after the outro. We'll be discussing this episode within the context of the rest of the series. Please be aware that this will be rampant with spoilers, so proceed with caution. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Uh, And thank you so much to the creators and community at Lostpedia. Without them, we would be lost. It's true. Our spoiler song was composed and produced by Francis Neves. And thank you so much to whoever cooperated in the same place as us during this podcast. I would shout out my dog, but he was annoying for like (laughs) several times. He did his best. He's just little. Oh, he's just doing a little yawn right now. Ah, fine. I forgive you. (laughs) He cannot be bothered. Fine. I forgive you. Um, Oh, he's so cute. Thank you to me. And (laughs) it was just me for most of this podcast until my parents came home. Nice. What about you, Dari? Was anyone with you? Oh, no. I'm just here <laughs> just vibing all right yeah. sweet. i'm just here yeah <laughs> if you're so inclined please write us a review wherever you're listening or recommend us to a friend that'd be great if you're a fan of the hundred we like to talk about that show too um we did seasons four to seven as they were airing and now we're going back doing the good old days uh we have done season three and now we're doing season two we're going backwards so yeah and uh if you're a fan of riverdale we like to talk about that show too as of this recording we are in the midst of the final season oh my god Listen, you don't even have to watch. If you don't want to just listen to the podcast, that's fine. I'm having a great time over there, though. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show, too. Uh, seasons one to three are done. Um, we have our first thoughts, uh, small short form thoughts on season four. Um, and now we are making our way through season four long form. You can follow at the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, and Instagram. Mostly Twitter, but Robin does make gifts of our favorite line awards on Tumblr. And yes. also check out at the Aficionados on TikTok. That's right, kids. Yes, I made a TikTok. We're on TikTok now. <laughs> this will have been absolutely months old by the time that this comes out, but please go and follow us on TikTok because I make little TikToks. They're so cute and funny. They don't get a lot of views right now, but maybe they would if you followed us. Thanks. I enjoy them, and for that reason alone, they are wonderful for existing. Yes, they're worth making just for the funsies. Yeah. As I said earlier, our Patreon is patreon.com slash Um, If you like what we do here, please consider donating. Um, it would mean a lot. And, it, you know, it's expensive with our money, but it's also expensive with our time. Um, so we'd really appreciate that. If you can't do that, um, I do have a early access tier one month free trial if you want to go check that out. And just check out our small businesses or just recommend us to a friend because it's free. Thanks. Yeah. You can follow <laughs> me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere and you can follow me on twitter at casey watches tv which is c-a-s-e-y-w-a-t-c-h-e-s-t-v you get it <laughs> classic <laughs> dari thank you so much for joining us thank you for having yay. me yay can you remind everybody where they can follow you sure you can follow me at Darida on instagram and twitter that's d-a-r-i-i underscore d-a Yay! That's me. Our next episode, I'm so excited, episode 407, Ji Yun. And we are going to be having my friend Erica on. If you want to follow them, you can go on Insta. Um, and they are at hairbyerica.rd. And uh, yeah, they're one of my best friends from high school. So I'm really excited. And we get to record in the same place, looking Yay. straight at each other. So that'll be really fun. That's cute. Yeah. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. Dari, do you want to say okay, love you, bye? Oh, okay, love you, bye. Welcome to spoilers. Yeah. Uh,
Okay, so here's some points that I grabbed. Tom Friendly has Tom. gay childhood trauma. <laughs> yeah, it's true. He has daddy issues because his dad didn't approve of his gay thoughts. He's got gay daddy issues, and I appreciate yeah, that. It's true. Some of the Lostpedia points that I couldn't bring up until now include that this is the only episode of the season that follows the traditional flashback formula, which I did say earlier, but some of the other episodes that are upcoming that uh, are similar. Jiyun, next episode, features flashbacks and flash forwards. Uh, Meet Kevin Johnson contains just one long flashback, and Cabin Fever contains flashes to like miscellaneous and unrelated events instead of a single narrative like usual. Lastly, this is the final episode to be centric solely to Juliet. Uh, I hate that. Mm -hmm. I think there should be about 17 million more. I agree. (laughs) Um, okay, let's see if I have any spoilers for the Barrack storyline. I know I do. I just have to find them. Aha. Okay, Locke says, how does Charles Woodmore know about the island? And Ben goes, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Fully a lie, because both Ben and Charles Woodmore straight up, like, knew each other when they both lived on the island. Yep, yep, sure did, sure did. Yeah, he's acting like Charles Woodmore is just some guy that, like, he looked up. But, like, they straight up, like, knew each other, and Charles Woodmore is always trying to find the island because he was banished from the island mm-hmm. and that's why he's always trying to find his way back and i can say this because it's the spoiler section he does <laughs> he sure does in season six wish he, he finds his way back yeah Let's see if i have anything else all right that's all i have for the barrack storyline it was just a little baby one mm-hmm. as for the flashes um oh tom says uh, that he cries about his dad. Probably a gay thing. <laughs> Definitely a gay thing. Probably gay. Let's see. Anything else for the flashes? As we said, it is the final Juliet-centric flashback. So I don't know if I'll have anything. Nope, I don't have anything for the flashes. Let's see if I have anything for the island storyline. This might be just a quick one. Ah, okay. Harper shows up and we hear all of these whispers. And it's sort of weird to hear whispers when Harper is fully just like alive. Mm-hmm. Because the whispers are revealed to be like dead souls on the island that can't move on. And so it's weird for them to just sort of show up. Well, that's true. At first. When Harper's just vibing. Yeah. I completely forgot that she shows up at all. She showed Uh up and I was like, oh my God, the ghost of Harper. But then I was like, wait, wait, did she die? (laughs) No. Like I thought Juliet was just like having like a vision of her out of like guilt. But no. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's possible. No, I... I just forgot. The other thing that I had, and potentially I think maybe the only other thing I have in the spoiler section for this episode, is the thing that I was just thinking about and then I went, oh, hold on, I gotta go add this to the spoiler section, is that Charlotte and Dan know that Ben has used this before, has used the gas before. And like I said, if like Goodwin and co didn't know about that, how would they have known? And I wonder if Widmore knew? Oh, for sure. That's definitely how I think. And Widmore somehow told them yeah that's definitely how i think they knew just like i'm sure that ben has a much bigger file on widmore than he's alluding Mm -hmm. to oh absolutely i think widmore's file on ben is quite hefty also extensive yeah for sure i agree and i think like based on things that we see in season five we know that like widmore was potentially there when the purge happened was he Um, no, sorry. No, I don't think so. So maybe, I don't know. I thought that maybe Widmore could have been there and then that's how he knew about it. But now I'm not so sure. Mm. Like not there at the purge, but like there within the others. I don't know. How would he have known otherwise? I don't know either. Exactly. True. Mm. 
I wonder if there's like a double agent within the others who's sending stuff to Widmore. I feel like if it was anybody, it would have to be Mikhail, to be honest. But Mm -hmm. Mikhail is so devoted to Jacob that I don't see that happening either. Unclear! (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Unclear. I don't know. But guys, that's literally all I have for the spoiler section. Wait! What? 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 Well, I just Googled, how did, (laughs) how do Charlotte and Faraday (laughs) know about the purge lost? Yeah. (laughs) Uh-huh. Um, well, I completely forgot that Faraday goes to young Charlotte to get her off the island. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because he knows, he knows the purge is coming. Yes. So I wonder if Charlotte somehow found out, like, from her parents or something? Well, sorry, no, he- He's telling he's telling her about the incident. The purge is when like Ben kills his Oh, that's right. That's right. Dad and stuff. Oh, that's right. Oh yeah, that's 1977. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And like, I mean, Dan's dad is literally Charles Woodmore. Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, but he didn't tell him when he came to Dan and told him to go to the island, you know. I don't know. I don't know. Unclear. Unclear. But that's all I have. Is there anything else you guys wanted to mention? Mm, No, ma'am. Nope. All right. Great. Well, hey, Dari, once again, I mean, we just did it, but thanks so much for coming on. Yay. Thanks for having me. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, it was so exciting. All of our Twitters, like I just said, can be found in the description, Mm -hmm. including the the aficionados stuff. And go follow our TikTok, please. Yeah, go look at that TikTok. That'd be great. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash the aficionados. And yeah. I guess that's it. Thanks, guys. Woohoo! Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. <laughs> Yay! <laughs>